Filled with pride, Snorri watched the fog roll back from the mountain pass. This would be his first time standing shoulder to shoulder with his clan, an honor he had waited for his whole life. The first of the hunched creatures appeared out of the gloom, and Snorri felt his deep-seated hatred growing. Then a sudden gust of wind cleared the valley, and the full scale of the green-skinned horde was revealed. There were thousands of them. Snorri's hands grew clammy, his knees weak. Throat-clearing sputters broke the stillness as Longbeards, the most veteran warriors, took their place in the throng's battle line. Soon, gruff voices began shouting, loudly condemning their foe. Look up! Not nearly enough, are there? I've seen bigger tusk on cave squirrels. This better be worth putting me mail on for. You then, Beardling, keep your shield high! Snorri was sure that the last comment was directed towards him. Although he was positive his shield was perfectly positioned. He knew the veterans would complain about anything. Fear forgotten, Snorri swore a silent oath that he would not give them any reason to grumble. Welcome to the garage, you tools. A very good morning, afternoon, and evening to you for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can. Keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you a breakdown of the biggest, nastiest dwarf thong possible. I'm Chris Yu. And I'm the one who knocks. What did you What did you call it? The nastiest what? Thong. Thong. Does that offend? Thong doesn't. What did you say before that? Biggest, nastiest dwarf thong. Dwarf. If what? that offends you, I just, I just don't care, Eric. Uh. <laughs> So what's going on? Are you capable of saying the word dwarf? Can I hear that? Dwarf. No, no, no. Put the W in there. Dwarf? There you go. Now I've got it on tape. I, I'm capable, but I just choose not to. Okay. That's okay. I got I got you saying dwarf once. I'm just going to... I'll say it. Dwarf. See? Sure. No, I can gonna, say it. Seven dwarves. No, I'm just going to soundbite that. And every time you say dwarf, I'm just going to soundbite dwarf over it. Really. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> big, 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 nasty, bad edit, <laughs> and then the <edit>, dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit all you want, David. They'll always be dwarf. I blame Cranky for this nonsense. He started Why? with because he started that dwarf stuff with Christopher with the chaos dwarfs, and now everybody's. I've always referred to them as, as dwarfs. Really, it's, it's less letters, uh, no capital. It fits their diminutive stature. I do not get the. I don't get all this hatred towards this particular army. No other army gets just like some weird, I won't say their name oh, correctly. I, uh, every army, I think, has its, for whatever reason, dwarf and <laughs> high elves get their fair share of hate. Yeah, but I mean, people actually say high elves. Like they actually Not always. They call the them, you know, skirts, pansies. Well, that's, yeah. Daisies. I've heard uh, it all. Yeah. Women. Oh, I've never Not to offend women. our female audiences out there. No, I guess not. So uh, why don't we uh, thank our sponsors? Yes, uh, let's thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games, and where? Gray's Lake, Illinois. Mears Miniatures. M-I-E-R-C-E Miniatures. Mantic Games. Yay. Guild Painting. Dot com. And Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. All right, so thank you to them. Yep. All right, so uh, shout-outs. We did get a shout-out. We just Ooh, got it today. Shout it out. 
So we did receive a shout-out from Jim, Jim Beanie on the forums. Uh, we just got this today. He said, uh, hi, David, I thought I would send you a quick message to say I've sent you and Chris a donation by PayPal to help support the show. I was going to buy a DVD yesterday for about the same amount and realized it was only 90 minutes long when you put out six hours of content each month. I always look forward to your episodes and have always been very grateful to you for all your hard work. I'm enjoying the dwarf talk right now. I've also been following after Eleanor. I read the first three books in the series and due to work, I've not had time to read more. So I now just listen to your podcast to get the story. <laughs> thanks very much, mate. Kind regards, Jim. Oh, thanks, Jim. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I mean, and thanks. Yeah, thanks to Jim. People don't realize how just you know, throwing out a little donation like that, saying, hey, I want to help out the show. They have no idea how much that helps That actually out helps quite a bit. The show, yeah. We do appreciate it. I, I so, do wonder which DVD got bumped in favor of donating to the show. <sighs> Something like Gladiator or Saving Private Ryan, that'd be amazing. Yeah. If he, if, if he Not bumped a huge a fan of Gladiator, but... Really? Yeah. I didn't Oof. like the way it was filmed. Like, it was all that choppy, weird camera editing in the beginning. I couldn't follow the fight. Joaquin Phoenix was awful... I found the story to oh, be predictable. Really? Huh. Yeah. I just, I didn't, I mean, the battle, the action sequences were That cool. opening battle scene was awesome. It, they were all cool battle scenes, but, like, watch it. It's just like, the, it's like this weird, choppy, jittery camera. Yeah, things move, like, super was, quickly. Yeah, and yeah. it was, I was just, I was just in the theater, like, getting, like, just watching it going, oh, I don't even know what's going on. Hmm. I just, I, I'm one of the few people, I know I'm in the ultra minority <laughs> right. here. Yeah, I'd say so. But I just. There's so many Could, good lines and scenes in that. In that there's movie. some great stuff, but there's also some really bad stuff. I mean, every time someone says Gladiator, and I just picture, "Am I not merciful?" Just that damned Joaquin Phoenix as the annoying. See, I don't picture that. I picture Russell Crowe. Are you not entertained? And he throws yeah. his sword into the audience. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. There are some great parts. I just I sat there for like well over two hours, going, "Yeah, let's let's get on with this." I just kind of wanted it to end. Interesting. Well, a super minority. I know. I know I'm I think we can there. still be friends. I appreciate that. <laughs> I can look past it. In any case, thank you, Jim. <laughs> I would like to find out what movie you you know you bumped for us, though. Mm, yeah, I'm curious. Maybe it was The Hobbit. Maybe. Yeah. Could have been uh, some musical, though. Could have been. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and uh, we also have voicemail. Ooh, tell me about voicemail. We have voicemail. You can reach us by calling one seven five seven G H Show Six. That's one seven five seven. GH Show 6. Uh, international callers, dial 001-757-GH Show 6 for most countries. Uh, we did get a voicemail. Uh, I don't have it with me. I'm, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't, you know, we were going to try to get right to the, the meat of sure. the Dwarf Review. Yeah. Uh, but someone did call about the Dwarf Review last time, uh, how when they were marching after they smashed Kalidor 2's head in. Yeah. Uh, and how I was complaining how an earthquake took him down. Yeah. He basically said, yeah, but uh, it was the Lizardmen that made that earthquake. So if the dwarves were the best and they got taken down by the Lizardman's earthquake, that actually means the Lizardmen are the best. To which I say, fooey kablooey. Um, <laughs> well, I think, did um, Mike, Mike mention the same that? thing? One yeah. of the skinks or something? It was in one of the older books. That, yeah, one but of we, the, they don't know necessarily what they were doing. It's just part of their greater plan. Yeah, they, hey, the greater plan says do this. <laughs> did it. Of course, I will say, yes, if you can shift continents, that's power. I'll give you that. Of course. I would say the dwarves are a little too uh, reliant on their I would say if, I would say if the if the dwarf throng took off and what? let 
You're taking off the thong? Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> if they, uh, I, I could see the dwarf thong back on, landing, landing in Lustria and just marching through the forest. I think the lizardmen would be in trouble as they chop down trees and burn down half of Lustria to take out those, those lizards. I'm going to give it to the dwarfs every time. I just don't see that happening. I don't see it happening either. They're, I'm just defending my... If they my... march there at movement three, it would take an eon for them to get there. Well, they're not going to march. they got to take boats. they got to take those... those they don't sail, those do iron... they? Yeah, they have the iron clads. We talked about it in the last episode. Mm. It's in the fluff. We read it. We talked yeah, about it. Yeah, it is. It is. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, well, I don't know. But we did get it, and I did want to mention it, even though I don't have it handy to to put up uh, you know, the actual voicemail. Plus, I'm not going to play any voicemail that's going to tell me a during the dwarf oh, review. Oh, bias. Well, I say to hey, you, hey, hey, if we were playing, a, if we were doing the high elf review, and someone left a voicemail saying how the high elves were skirt, hey, I would be willing to entertain all angles uh, oh, for like a well-rounded, oh, I like fair that. debate. <laughs> angles and rounded? I don't. I'm not certain, but uh, spoken like a true dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, easy, easy. <laughs> I think he failed his ward save there. Are you all right? No kidding. Oh, it's so weird. We're doing the the dwarf review, and I just picked up the high elf, or the, the wood elf book. Yeah, yeah. That came out seemingly out of nowhere so quickly. That all I'm kind of excited fast. about it. Like, I'm flipping through it. Harrison really wants to play it. It, yeah. it looks interesting. And now you've got, like, this trifecta. They were all written by Matt Ward. So there's some similarities running through them. Yeah. Um, you know, the books all look great. Um, some the models of, look really good. Yeah. And we did get a request. Someone said, hey, Dave, if that's one of your four armies, maybe you shouldn't condense down that review too quickly if you decide to do it because you really want to take time to compare the fluff to the high elf and the dark elf fluff. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. So, well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. you know, we will definitely cover the fluff. That will happen. You know, if the, if we keep it one episode, it's just a little long. But There, there was a little uh, chatter on Twitter. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, some Some people were... You know, hey, I listened to the first the the Garage Hammer review of the dwarves and three hours, and they didn't talk about a single thing. You know, in the army list. Okay, first of all, it was two and a half. Second of all, if you don't like the fluff, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, yeah, I I think we're I thought we were pretty clear that the first half of our reviews were all fluff. Yeah, and granted, uh, that's not for everybody, and it's not even the first half. It's the first. It's a little over half of the first half. So it's like the first big chunk. Quarter or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cover that all the time. And I mean, if people skip that just to go right to the, I mean, there's people who pick up the book and go right to the army list. Sure. There's people. Who, I mean, that's why I have a show index when I do the thing. And if right. You, yeah. You, that's the beauty of the podcast. You can oh, pick and choose. And I didn't realize when I first started doing it, I was just putting the time signatures in there. But if you have it like on my phone when I download it through like Instacast or iTunes. Yeah. If you look at the show notes, all those times are highlighted. You just hit that time and it jumps right to it. So uh, little you just, bookmark. Yeah, yeah, like a little bookmark. So you can uh you can totally just get right past it if you want to. Skip um, and go back at your leisure. Yeah. I mean that's cool. I mean I, I have no problem with that. You know, hey, if you're still downloading it and you're only listening to the last half, you're still downloading it and listening. Sure, sure. I mean not every bit is for everybody. I get but, that. But I will say GW devotes about a third of their books to the fluff, so Yeah. I mean, if you're paying for, you know, a third of it for fluff, might as well read it, at the very least. Yeah. That's my opinion. And it's, I, and like I said, I like to cover it, if for no other reason, and I think that GW writes some pretty darn good... I agree. It's, it's one of the things that separates them from some of the other game companies. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you know I'm a fan of Kings of War by Man, from sure. Mantic, but their biggest 
their biggest drawback is they 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 don't have a, a, a I mean and they're working on it, but the the background the, the depth the, the of their tapestry society. otherwise there's miniatures on a table exactly not put in context and and GW does write some pretty good fluff whether it be the huge sprawling 40k universe or the 30k universe sure. or the Warhammer Fantasy universe and you know even if you have lizardmen with spaceships <laughs> even that. All part of it. Greg Dan had commented on that. He goes, I think he said he he thinks they just throw that little thing in there just <laughs> just to get the 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 forty k slash fantasy crossover people. Sure, just just basically to get the conspiracy theorists, you know, running and, and it's a going bridge that crosses right. The, yeah, that connects the two. Um, but yeah, and you know what? You know, some people said that hey, I skipped the fluff, and some people said hey, I love the fluff, and some people said. Hey, I never read the fluff, and I enjoyed listening to what you guys had to say because that's the only way I'm going to get it because I'm not going to sit down and read it myself. So, right. hey, it's there. Listen, don't. I mean, yeah, listen while you paint or drive or whatever. <laughs> it's it's free show. Just listen. <laughs> right. Skip the part you don't it's like. Entertainment. Listen. If it's not entertaining, yeah. If you're not entertained, skip that Move part. Along. I mean, you know, you know, as long as you don't unsubscribe, I'm sure. content. Uh, you know, so uh, that's really kind of about it i think um yeah you and i are slated to play some games i, I want to sink my teeth into more dwarves next episode in fact if we if the, if it goes the way we're planning the next episode we will have a uh, a, a live uh, battle for the next episode uh, works for uh, me uh, a, a a a skirmish or a a battle in the uh, in the war of vengeance works for me that'll, that'll be, be good that'll be really fun so yeah let's take a break and yep. when we come back, we'll bring on our guest, uh, Gary Luther, who's here to, to talk some dwarves with us. We'll break it we'll down. Get underway. All right. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. Welcome back to the garage. Dwarf, the dwarf review is in full effect. Uh, joining us for this show is a uh, good friend, Gary Luther. Hey, Gary, how you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. Happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. So, Gary, uh, for those who uh, I don't know, for those who have their head in their sand and don't know the best uh, U.S. dwarf player around, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell people a bit, a little bit about your uh, Warhammer history? Um, so I've been playing Warhammer now for, since I was about 12, 
Uh, I just turned 30, so it's it's been a while. Um, past seven <laughs> years, I've been playing a lot of tournaments. Uh, I've done really well at those tournaments. Um, the Dwarves have a uh, very large stack of Best General turn- uh, Awards, uh, from Buckeye Battles to Wapaka. Um, but they've never won Best Overall. Hmm. And uh, I've played them a lot. I've loved that army. Um, it was the first army I ever played. For I played that army for about six I played Dwarves for about six years. And um, it was just... They are the most fun army I've ever played. Um, and to Wait, be honest... a boring, static, no fun... Oh, God, that's the thing. It, they're boring <laughs> and static if you don't... If you bring all War Machines, okay, and you have minimum core and you have minimum special uh, core troop, uh, special troops, and you're just bringing War Machine stuff, yes, it's going to be a boring army. Your opponent's going to hate you, and you're going to hate yourself inside. <laughs> <laughs> but if you play Dwarves because, you know, you're pissed off at the world, okay... Um, you're stubborn, you don't like to run away, Yeah. and all you want to do is car is, is repay some grudges. Yeah. That's, this is your army. Yeah. Uh, and I gotta say, I, uh, having started, I went to a tournament called, like, the Hoosier Challenge. I was, that was the, my first big tournament, the Hoosier Challenge, back in, like, 2006, 2007, um, I got my first entry into the Book of Grudges that tournament. <laughs> oh, really? I played a Vampire Count player uh, who... He was beating me significantly, but I don't give up. I, I will play you to the last model is dead. Papa Bear don't concede. I'm just saying. There you go. <laughs> that's, how I, that's, how, that's how I play. Uh, and it's, I've always been that way. I'm completely friendly, very fun, but I just, you know, it's... This is a game. Let's let's play it out. And he had me surrounded with his vampire counts. And he's like, dude, he's got like four of his friends there. And he's like, dude, it's like Custer's last stand. Do you want to call it? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not conceding. And he asked me like three times if I wanted to concede. I'm not conceding. Um, and he did end up beating me. But uh, the best thing that ever happened was I got I drew him three years later at another tournament. Uh, and uh, between a Slayer character that I like to call Mad Mardigan mm-hmm. uh, and my Dwarf Lord, and uh, he didn't have a model left by turn four. Oh, retribution. And that was a book of grudges. That was that was the first entry finally got rid off, and it felt like I was a true Dwarf player. <laughs> and uh, that's, as a Dwarf player, you're going to experience that. When you're just starting off, you're going to get your face beat. But the truth is, is that's all just fuel for the fire. Every loss is just a lesson that you, and your beard will slowly grow. <laughs> and you're, you'll get more and more. You'll finally realize where ancestral grudge comes from. It's because you got your butt kicked to start. Okay, there's a reason why every dwarf in the list should have stubborn. Okay, because you've got to be stubborn to play the list. So every bitter defeat leads to a, a glorious victory sometime down well, the road. Well, eventually, you've just got to get there first. Right. You've got to get to the point where you see the things that they don't see. Okay, you see that you build your list to the point where you know these dwarves can really the my dwarves can get can do it. And you've got to have tricks. Hmm. You've got to have something up your sleeve every time. Um, 
but that's that's for me the the dwarf list. The dwarf list is stubbornness. It's intractability. They won't make me run. Okay, mm. and the only person who's going to defeat this army is myself hmm. if I don't play it correctly. Uh, and that's the way I walk into every game. Um, also, I walk into every game usually with a big mug of beer because you know it's just characterful. Let's be honest. <laughs> You're playing to the fluff, makes sense. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 really it's about the fluff at that point. Right. I mean, um, but so I've done my dwarves have done really well, and then this year, uh, my part, my my best friend and I were lucky enough um, to win the team tournament this year at Adepticon, uh, which was amazing. Very nice. Congratulations. Oh, congrats! Goodness. Yeah. But that was that my dwarven army's first victory because I actually took the dwarves to that that tournament, uh, the first. Uh, of the new book, and I I, I pulled, walked away with it, and it was just amazing. So um, I had a really great time, and um, the entire Adepticon weekend was just amazing. So yeah, great tournament, and um, I learned a lot. I played Justin Berge, you know, the U.S. Master, oh, yeah, yeah. on the final table in that uh, Adepticon championship. I'm sorry, the Adepticon team championship. Mm-hmm. And I played him and uh, Jeff Parkhurst. Uh, and my partner Juan De Niro. Mm-hmm. Um, we played ogres and dwarves versus their demons and uh, chaos warriors on the final table. Oh, nice! And it was just the most epic game of Warhammer. It came down to the last roll of the game, and um, it was awesome. That's 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 the reason why we play this hobby. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, no kidding, huh? Mm-hmm. Good stuff. All right. All right, so before we jump into the meat here, um, I know Gary had a couple of tournaments. Uh, Gary, you were on a, a few episodes back with the guys from Circle City Circuit talking about that stuff. I know you want to talk a little bit about that, so have at it. Sure. Um, so I am a member of the Indianapolis Warhammer Club, um, and we are doing the Circle City Circuit. Uh, the first one, Slanesh Fest, uh, we had back in, I think it was what, March March 15th, mm-hmm. and it was an amazing game, uh, amazing tournament. Uh, we ended up having uh, 20 people, 10 teams at this. Um, mm. And James Shaw and Doug Mooney are the, officially the chosen of Slanesh. They ended up walking <laughs> away with it. Um, so they played an awesome list. They were also, surprisingly, the only list in the entire Slanesh Fest to bring Slanesh in their list. Yeah. So That's is fitting. it a coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Um, but they had a great time, and next weekend, I, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, next weekend is the Summer Slaughter, uh, which we're having here in Indianapolis again, which is a 2,500-point Buckeye Primer. Using all the Buckeye rules, we're uh, making the scenarios a little corny, you know, a little, mm-hmm. little joke, um, <laughs> to uh, make it a, a very fun, blood-filled tournament. It'll be... All, um, Right now we're full. We actually maxed out at 32 people on this tournament, uh, which I, I've i never had a tournament here in Indianapolis with more than 20. So it'll be huge. Um, nice. The scene's very nice. Yeah. Uh, I was really happy with how it turned out. Um, and I want to say I've got people coming from Chicago. I've got people coming from Ohio, Kentucky. Um, so it's going to be an amazing time. And uh, I'm really glad all these guys are coming in. And uh, it's going to be a good tournament. Um, cool. The last tournament I want to make an announcement for is the one we just set the date for. Uh, the date is September 13th. It'll be Nurgle's Carnival. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> 3,000 points. It's a Screw City GT primer. Ooh. 
Um, it's going to use all the rules from Screw City GT. So you can bring Scrolls of Binding for monsters. In fact, you have to have a monster in your list for the scenarios. Um, and we're going to have great um, Nurgle-themed scenarios, uh, great prize support. Uh, we have, we're have playing in an awesome store called Gamers here in Indianapolis that has just done an amazing job supporting our gaming community. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, registration, by the time this airs, should already be online. And um, we've already taken about five registrations, and we've only got 32 spots. So, If someone wants to jump on and register online, where might they do that? So our website is Indianapolis. I'm sorry, IndieWarhammerClub.com, um, and that's got should have all the information you need. Mm. Um, you're also always free. There's a contact us button on the Indie Warhammer Club website. That actually goes directly to me. So if you have any questions about, uh, to be honest, any of the things we talked about on the show, mm-hmm. but any of our tournaments whatsoever, just hit that link and you'll be able to get a hold of me. Excellent. Direct line to the man. I like yeah. it. Um, and the last thing is, since we are, this is going to be a Screw City uh, primer, I just want to give a shout-out for the Screw City GT, which Alex Gonzalez runs. Yep. It is going to be an amazing tournament. Uh, I know registration for that just opened up, um, and I highly recommend that tournament. He just runs a really quality event, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm, I'm officially registered. I'm trying to talk David into going okay, as it's, well. It's not a question of my wanting to go. It's a question of my... Uh, scheduling and availability. I hear you. But I am really hoping to go. I want to go so bad. I really want to go. It's Gary, gonna... I, I take it you're going. Oh, I. Uh, there's three tournaments that I don't miss. And uh, last year I went to my first Screw City GT, mm-hmm. um, and it's one that I'm not going to ever miss again. Uh, that, Adepticon, and Buckeye Battles. Those are the three tournaments that I... Mark on my calendar, and I'm like, no matter what happens, I've got to go to these three events because um, it's not so much just the games and the competition. It's the people who are running them or just run such a quality event uh, that you just you have to go out to these tournaments to play at them because it's the best gaming experience you're going to get playing this hobby. Okay, good to hear. Speaking of which, I know it didn't make your, your top three, but uh, I saw that you made the, the Blood in the Sun participants list too. Oh, I uh, just got on it. This is my first Blood in the Sun. Oh, okay. So... Uh, I've never been to a Grant Federer tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited, and hopefully next year it'll be on that list of tournaments i got to go to. So uh, this will be my first time. We're actually trying to get a team together because they've got uh, team events. It's a team so event, yeah. yeah. And I've the got, Friday night team event, yeah. Um, well, they've also got, I think, club like club uh, trophies and stuff mm-hmm. at the end of it, if I'm yep. not mistaken. So I'm trying to get a, a club-esque event club together um, of guys who want to play in it. Because I've only got three of my indie guys going to it, um, so okay. Well, that's enough, you know. To form, yeah. I think you only yeah. need two to form a club. So, so we will definitely be there, and uh, I can't wait. Grant's putting on a bunch of events. He's doing a, a pizza event. Uh, uh, buffet a- in the sun, as I like to call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, that's May nineteenth. By May nineteenth, you got if you want to get in for the all you can eat pizza and salad bar and drinks. Uh, that's May 19th, that, and if you want to order yourself a Blood in the Sun t-shirt. Limited edition. Limited edition so, Blood in the Sun t-shirt. Do we know if those come in fat man sizes? I'm just saying. Like, do we know yet? Uh, I should know this. I'm I'm pretty sure they come in double XL, but I'll have to double check. 
Yeah, so that's that, that's a no. Yeah, see, I need a four. You, uh, yeah, so a four. So uh, yeah, yeah I, I need like a minimum four, and that's if I stretch it out. You know, <laughs> well, uh, if you look on the website, there's a there's a part where you can order the shirt. If you go to the drop down menu, it should give you the size okay. options. So. I it was I will uh, have to take a look, but um, I can't wait to go to my first Blood in the Sun. I have. I got invited to it last year by Grant uh, mm-hmm. when I, I actually played him at Adepticon last year, yeah. um, and I just couldn't make it. So this will be the first one, and I'm really excited. The, to be honest, I love going to tournaments in Chicago. You guys just have such a wealth of gaming knowledge and people there that um, it's one of the most game, most fun and vibrant gaming communities I know of. Excellent. Well, you got to move out here. That's all there is to it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Someday, my friend. Yeah. Uh, it's you know Chicago, Ohio. They're they're completely different animals. Oh yeah. In Chicago, you go for the beer. Ohio, you go for the stick. Like, just saying. Like they're 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 very very competitive, very fun tournaments. Oh, I, I see. I see. Um, I can't wait. Cool. Excellent. So, um, why don't we uh, jump into it here? And uh, now, last time we covered. The basic rules, special characters, and magic items. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to jump in. Before we get into the uh, army list, we're going to hit the runic items because these are key to most of your characters and to certain bits of strategy. So um, why don't we get in starting? We'll just jump right in with this stuff. Now, okay, Are we going to mention each one or are we just going to mention the ones we find value with? Uh, I, well, I'm, we'll roll through and we'll mention them, and if we think they're the bunk, we'll just kind of we'll kind of just brush past Bloss them. over it. Yeah. Okay. This way, this way, we give everybody their. Fair. I wouldn't want to skip a rune and have some runesmith put my name in a book of grudges. That is, that is true, and then someone's going to use it against you. Be like, I didn't see that coming. I, you're right. <laughs> this, that's the cursed rune of Whitek. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, for the for anyone who doesn't know how these work, since dwarfs don't, well, they now do have sort of have magic items. It's weird. But um, there's a couple of rules for making runic items. You can only have up to three runes on any given item, so you can't just pile them on. Once you hit three, you're at your limit. Um, weapon, okay, yeah, you can only put wet, rep, weapon runes on weapon runes and armor runes on armor runes. Duh. Um, you can't have any runic item be exactly identical to any other runic item. Yeah, dwarves are far too proud to do things on assembly line. Right, so if you have one, uh, you have one war machine with just a rune of forging. If you want another ru- war machine to have a rune of forging, you're going to have to have a rune of forging and something else, hmm. so that it's not exactly identical. There is one exception to that rune, and that's the rune of stone, which is it's a five point rune that you could put on a armor, and it gives you plus one to your armor save. And that is like such a generic. That's like every runesmith starting off learns that one first. It's baseline rune. So yeah, you could just stick that on anybody's rune, uh, any any armor for any character, and you can repeat that all the time. The rune equivalent of fireball. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, master. There's some stuff called master runes. Master runes. You can't have more than one in an army. So if someone has a particular master rune, nobody else in your army has it. And you also can't have more than one on a single item. Right. So you, once you have a master rune on an item, you can't pick another one. It, yeah. They just won't fit. They're known as jealous if, runes. If only, man. If oh, only. no kidding. It basically, whatever the absolute best runes are where you could make the most broken combos, they stick the word it. master on it and say, no. Nope. Right. Yep. So those are the rules. Now, 
Um, you have f- uh, a few basic categories. You have runes for your weapons, runes for your armor, runes that can go on a banner, uh, runes that can go on war machines, and then uh, runic talismans, which is a lot of stuff with your runesmith and things like that. So we will start, I think, with well, start with the, start at the beginning here with the book with the weapon runes. Now, uh, any good dwarf lord uh, knows the value of a good uh, some runes on their weapons, mainly because they're all strength four. <laughs> so this this allows them to get a little bit of uh, jazz going here. Strength four, strength five on the charge, and uh, something to keep in mind. Whenever you're talking about weapon runes or runes in general, dwarf lords can take 125 points worth of runes. Uh, dwarf heroes can take 75 points worth of runes. It's a little improvement over normal heroes and normal mm-hmm. lords. Um, so that's what we get to use to build our, our our arsenal, if you will. Right. And rune lords can take 150 points worth. And rune smiths can still, still only, they can take the... Uh, 75. They can take the 75. I suppose it depends on what runes you end up choosing, but uh, do you often max out on your rune allotment? Uh, or is that a trap? Dwarf Lords and Dwarf Heroes? My Dwarf Lord and BSB, yes. Um, runesmiths and Rune Lords? Not so much. Hmm. Yeah. Would yeah. you agree with that, Dave? Uh, yeah. I'm always trying to find points for my Dwarf Lord. In fact, it's... Uh, Every perfect combo I come up with comes out to about 130 or 135, not the 125. I think we talk about that later in the show. Uh, yeah. There's uh, five points that I think if I had 130 points, I could make a perfect Dwarf Lord. <laughs> yeah. He'd be unkillable and he could take on dragons. But now at 125, he's a weakling. Right. It's terrible. It's, it's so silly. Okay, but... Uh, let's jump into this. We got a, there's a whole bunch, there's a whole page full of master runes for weapons, and some of them are pretty darn good. Yes. Um, now, the master rune of Scalf Blackhammer, this is a 75-point rune. Uh, this one is not as good as it used to be. No, it's not. Uh, this is the rune that you would see so often on a general. Basically, you put this on, and he wounds on a 2+. Regardless of toughness, if you're wearing magic armor, it's a three plus. The big drawback, though, is it doesn't no longer modifies your strength. Right. So the strength still the hit only counts as strength four. Yeah, it it's used to be enough. you wound on a two plus because it adjusted your strength. So you'd go up to strength six to wound a, t- a tough four model, or yeah. you'd go up to strength eight to wound a tough six model on a two plus. Oh, I see. So suddenly now, the armor save adjustment was right. huge. But now you don't get that. So, to be honest, you're better off with the Rune of Might, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. So, the Rune of Might can make it so you're almost always winning on a 2+. plus. Yeah, that's, I love that Rune. Uh, let's see. Master Rune of Smiting, 60 points. Uh, gives you multiple wounds, D6. Fantastic Rune. Uh, you'll see it on a lot of Dwarf Lords. Um, it has a lot of uses uh, because that wound multiplier is really, really mm-hmm. good. But you still um, need that strength modifier, though. They need the strength modifier, but to be honest, what you usually see, well, uh, there's a build that's been going around. I know there's a guy on the internet who who came up with it, and it's not me. Uh, it's a rune of smiting, which gives you d6 wounds, the rune of might, which doubles your strength, and the rune of uh, speed, which gives you plus one initiative. 
So you're going at strength five, which so you're going before another person's dwarf lord mm-hmm. or an ogre lord. Uh, you'll be strength eight or ten against those characters because you're doubling your strength because they're tough five. Uh, and then you're doing D6 wounds. Jeez, that's brutal. So you'll, you're, you're killing Chaos Lords at that point. You're killing uh, Ogre Lords, uh, other Dwarf Lords, because you're a higher initiative, so you're going first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really nasty build. The, the big drawback with it is you're not nearly as defensive, because that build is... That's 90 about a 90 points. points out of your 125 to do it. So that's a huge allotment of those points. So it's really you, it's it's impossible to get a four port save at that point. Um, so it's it's a give and take with that character. So if if you believe in uh, good offenses, the best defense is a good offense. Then that setup is what is what you want. Exactly, but against even against like things like ogres, uh, a unit of ogres that character is a nightmare for because he's doing d six wounds oh, every yeah. time he puts a wound through. So you're if you do three wounds to the ogres, admittedly you're wounding on fours. Um, but if you get those wounds through, you're doing D6 wounds each. Brutal. So. It's a wonderful thing. Rune of Smiting is fantastic. 60 points is a lot of points. Um, but definitely a good rune to bring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alaric the Mad is always one of my favorites. And this one, it's a 50-point rune moat and basically no armor saves. So. It's good. I just think it's so expensive. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's still only a strength four hit, right. so you're wounding, you know, orcs on fives, juggernauts on. F- I'm sorry, you're only wounding orcs on fours, juggernauts on fours, um, and so it just becomes very cost prohibitive. Whereas two runes of cleaving is minus three save already, because you get strength five, so that's minus two plus it's already it's got a uh, armor piercing, right? So it's minus three. Um, and so I would actually spend the 35 points on that before I'd spend 50 points on this. Yeah. Because Strength 5 is just better in close combat mathematically. Now, we also run into uh, Master Rune of Breaking. And this is one that I, I just I love it in theory. It's another one that looks good in, on paper. Uh, 50 points. And uh, when you score uh, one or more successful hits against a model with a magic weapon... Uh, that magic weapon is destroyed on a two plus. God, I would love to have that against Archeon just once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't just kidding. once, just see the look on his face. <laughs> and uh, foe with a destroyed magic weapon counts as being armed with a hand weapon. If they have more than one magic weapon, roll a d six and de- randomly determine uh, which one is destroyed. But uh, it's it's another one that's it's it's a lot of points, fifty points, and it's. It sounds so cool until you realize that you have to go and find the one character or two characters in the army that have a magic weapon. Or, God forbid, you're playing against a Protonian army with no magic weapons. They're just playing with lances. Hmm. Yeah. You know, there's no point at that point to have... You're spending you know, upwards of what 50 points plus whatever else you're spending on that magic item. Um, so... Yeah, that's I can't ever find a build where it becomes cost effective, unless I'm going to a tournament where I know there's going to be a whole lot of special characters. Yeah, but even more pointless is the Master Rune of Dragon Slaying. This is okay. This might be good at Screw City GT. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, Yeah, okay. There will be a lot of monsters and dragons at that tournament. Yeah, fifty points uh, against dragons and chaos dragons. 
You wound on a two plus with multiple wounds, two. Yeah. Special rule. It had the word chimera in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mastering of flight. This I think one's this... yeah. This is this is mine for the that I like for the slayers. This is a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, go ahead, Gary. I was gonna say, how do you use it, Dave? Uh, you take it on a slayer, and basically, it's a th- you can use it like a throwing weapon for uh, with with a twelve inch range. Always hits on a two plus. Okay. Then you roll to wound as if the target suffered a hit from the weapon in close combat. So since you're a slayer, you always wound on a four up because that's the slayer's roll. So you hit on a two, you wound on a four. If you're uh, if you're a slayer, uh, a lord level slayer, you're doing d three wounds. And they have uh, for anything that's a monster, and they have to re-roll any successful ward saves. So you just basically go up against big monsters with this thing, and it's it's just kind of yeah. This and if you've got a rune of might, it doubles your strength on anything toughness five or more because all the other runes also take effect. Mm-hmm. So they put this on a, a if you have a slayer lord, and you're willing to rune up his weapon, you put him in that unit of slayers. As you get close during the shooting phase, you just whip. Whip this uh, out. Put the hammer on him, yeah. Yeah, hit him on twos, wound him on fours. Um, or if you get charged, you can stand and shoot, still hitting stand on and two shoot up. With it. Yep, it's got a nice cinematic feel to it. Exactly. And then when they get into combat, you're still getting all the benefits of that weapon. I I love it. It's it's expensive, but um, I love I, that combo. I like it a lot, but I just have a hard time. With it, because that thirty points is thirty points. I'm not spending on, yeah. You know, that thirty points is two runes of cleaving, or, or yeah. close to two runes of cleaving, um, or that's a rune of like that's that's taking away from my defensive runes. Um, but it is such a great trick, man. Yeah. I, on a Slayer character, I mean, at a three thousand point game, if I, I'm bringing it, I'm I'm. I'm totally putting that in my giant block of slayers. Because if you're being charged by a monster and you can get that off and get the three wounds before he even makes it into your unit, yep. and then you're hitting him again when he gets to the unit, it's just it's beautiful. Yeah, just remember the slayers D3, make him reroll ward, uh, ward saves, does not work on regen saves. Just a quick reminder for everybody. True. I, I just feel a lot of people would, run in, would make that mistake. That's true. You could throw one flaming rune in there for 10 points as well if you really needed to push that, if you're worried about that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and there's only two other master runes. Um, the Snorri Spangle Helm always hits on a 2+. plus. It's not a bad one. Um, the problem is your army's going to be hatred. You're going to have hatred a lot already. Right. Um, so you're going to be re-rolling to hit, and most of the time hitting on threes. So, and it, you're going to get a reroll at least one third of the time, uh, if not more than that. So, it just kind of devalues that rune, right? And if when I'm paying points for st- things on my dwarf lord, I want things that are valuable all the time. Um, True. So that's that's my issue with the story. Um, but that said, it might not be bad on a slayer character um, because you're hitting them a lot more. Um, your your damage potential goes up. True. And the last master rune is the one, a rune of swiftness. It's basically twenty five points for ASF, which I don't I don't take too often because dwarfs have such a. I mean, I like ASF because you base you know because you get the re rolls, but their their initiative is kind of low, and you like you said you've already got the hatred. So, right. That's, I was thinking maybe you put it on a slayer lord, 
Uh, throw out Slayer Lord, give him the Rune of Might, so that's 50 points for, you know, four, more than likely rerollable because the Slayer Lord's initiative five um, hits, you know, that are also strength eight. That's I mean, true. that's not bad because he'll, he'll be killing those monsters or those, those characters before they get to swing. Um, and that's only on a Slayer Lord, though. I mean, I technically, I guess you could bring it on a, on a Dragon Slayer, but the Dragon Slayer, I don't think would be as good because he only has three attacks. Yeah. So um, that's it for the Master Runes. Now, there's still a bunch of other runes here, and we can we can kind of skip around a bit. Uh, Rune of Demon Slaying is just the most annoying. I mean, I, I I get annoyed with race specific items like this because it's just it's too situational it's so i mean here's the thing it's situational uh, the rune of demon slang it's got three oh and by the way some of these runes have you could take multiples of the runes and then that gives them different effects mm-hmm. so if you take one rune of demon slaying any model from the demons of chaos book you get a plus one to hit and a plus one to wound against any model from the demons book now if you put two runes on it you get that Plus, you get multiple wounds D3. That's a 50 points. Then if you go to the third rune and put all threes. Now, if you're putting three, that's the, uh, you filled up the weapon. That's it. 125 points, which means it's only on a lord, and you can't put it on a slayer lord because you can only take 100 points. Yeah, hits and wounds on a 2+, plus, multiple wounds D3, and no ward saves. Can I say the only way I can ever see this rune being effective is they FAQ'd it to affect the reign of chaos. Like, if you bring the Rune of Demon Slaying and then you get a rune, the Reign of Chaos roll, then I'm okay with it. I just don't see bringing it to a tournament, though, because you're you're playing against demons maybe one game. Yeah. You so. know? And if you're bringing it to a friendly game where you know you're playing against demons, well, then you're just that guy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's no exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, the only time you'd want to take this is if you know you're playing demons, and then if you're... If you're specifically tooling up just to go after your friend's army in a friendly game, it's no longer really a friendly game anymore. Yeah. The only okay, the only time you have permission to do that is if you know your opponent's bringing Epidemus, because just blank them. That's why. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they have no right to complain about anything ever. Okay, it's filth on if filth at that is, point. If the beer is nuke warm, they still don't get to complain. Right. Okay. <laughs> Complain about nothing. They can. They don't even get chairs at my house. If they <laughs> Epidemius, you can stand. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. Now, there's one more rune in here that's un- that that's 125 points if you triple down on it. So once again, only uh, a, a dwarf lord or a rune lord could take it. Not even a slayer lord. At rune of fire, for 10 points you get flaming attacks. For 50 points you get the two runes. And then you get flaming attacks and a strength four breath weapon with flaming attacks. And if you want to go and, and do the triple rune and just be the super flaming lord, um, you get <laughs> you get flaming attacks, strength four ble- uh, breath weapon with flaming attacks, and multiple wounds D3. So this is another one that I, I might take the first level one. I know a few people have liked the idea of getting the strength four breath weapon. But uh, I'm I'm skipping that pretty much. I know, I've seen the double stack. You know, it's it's like the Oreo cookie, um, where you take the two breath weapons on a Rune Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for 85 points, you get the talisman, the the ring that gives you the ring of Thori, which gives oh, you right. the breath weapon, and then you take this, which gives you another breath weapon. Um, 
my big problem with that is you're paying a lot of points for something that is really only going to be averaging 14 hits for those attacks. It's not as good as a, uh, a Firebelly Breath Weapon or a um, Dragon's Breath Weapon because you can't get him out to a flank right. you're, you're to not use because he has such a low movement um, where he can't drop it on that unit and just be like, bah, take it. Um, yep. So it's it has its use, and it's a really good surprise. It's just um, it's a lot of points. But the Rune of Fire was really, I thought that was a pretty cool upgrade that they did to the book. Yeah. Um, okay, what else we got? A Rune of Fury. For 25 points, you get plus one attack. Not bad. And then for, suddenly it gets where I don't know why I would want to take any of this. Uh, two runes for 60 points, plus one attack, and Frenzy. And then, awesome. yeah, and then for 100 points, you get the three runes, which is plus one attack and Frenzy, and then you basically get Red Fury. Mm-hmm. It's basically the dwarf equivalent of the vampire's Red Fury rule. So successful hits, you get an extra attack. So if you put this on a Dwarf Slayer Lord, you'd have six attacks, and then for every one of those attacks that hit, you get another attack. Yeah, and it's just to hit. Now, you don't have to wound. If I hit you, I get the extra attack in. Which is great, because at that cost, you're not going to be able to put a rune, uh, two runes of cleaving on him. So, right. And you're not going to be wounding all that much, to be honest. Nope. Um, because you'll be at strength four. It's just so expensive. I just but. don't... I don't see it, but you know, I guess I could always I, I could be proved wrong on the charge. It wouldn't be so bad because you'd be strength five. Um, but in a normal situation where you're only strength four, you're just not going to get enough of those wounds through. Mm-hmm. I mean, the orcs are you're only going to be wounding the orcs four times, uh, uh, half fours. the time. Oh. Yeah, um, and those are like six point models. Right. <laughs> True. So <laughs> my runes aren't going to make it up unless I kill a lot of orcs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I just don't say it. Yeah, and let's, you know what, because there's so many of them, let's, I guess I'm going to try to kind of plow through some. Rune of Dismay, I don't know if you've ever taken this, Gary. I just, I don't rate it at all. Nah. Yeah, for 20 points, you get fear. For 45 points, you cause terror. For 80 points, you cause terror, and they get a minus one to their leadership. Wah, wah. I mean, it's it's a cool rune. It just you're not comp- you're, it doesn't really have synergy with the rest of the list. There's a, there's a lot of cool fluffy concepts in these runes, but a lot of you know it. It's just if you're buying this, you're not getting something else. Um, you're losing the armor on your dwarf lord, which actually would have saved his life. Yeah, there you, you know? go. Um, rune of cleaving. You like this one? Yeah, this, this is a good one. I think this is the one that you gotta have. Um, it's plus one. It gives you armor piercing for the first one, which is, why did you do that to me, GW? Why? Because <laughs> you have to take two of them to get plus one strength. Right. right. And you've got to be strength five. So I've got to use two of those to get that. Um, and the third one also gives you killing blow, which killing blow is still cool, but it just doesn't work against the things that I'm really afraid of nowadays, mm. which are the characters with the one-up armor saves on juggernauts and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but my current build has two runes of cleaving and the rune of might on it. Um, I just, it's like my, it's like an American express card. Don't leave home without it, man. There you go. It, it just makes the dwarf, it makes your dwarf Lord very effective. Um, my dwarf Lord's gone up against that dwarf Lord with the smiting, uh, nastiness. Um, my dwarf Lord made it a turn 
Um, I think my Dwarf Lord having its ward save, whereas the other guy really didn't, um, really swung it towards me. But uh, him having the Dwarf Lords having five wounds, you know, it's it's a it's a nice matchup. Um, but runes of cleaving, I think you've got to have them on a combat character, unless you're bringing a great weapon. And then, in which case, you can't have a weapon. You used to be able to. There used to be a, a rune that you could put it on, and it says you're allowed to put runes on a great weapon. So you got the plus two strength, and the always strikes last. But then you could put two other runes on there and do some really fantastic stuff. But that's out, so it's just hand weapons now. Yep. Uh, after this, Rune of Might, is that's the one we kept talking about. For 25 points, you double your strength against anything toughness 5 or higher. It's a must-have, in my opinion, if you're bringing a Dwarf Lord. Exactly. And then I never took the second level of it. If you take the double, you get multiple wounds D3 as well, and that's for 60 points, so... I just sort of... I'm not worried that's about nice, but uh, I think yeah. you, if you have to start carving points, that's probably one of the first things to go. Yeah, for 35 points for that, I'm just like, nah, that's okay. For, for that yeah, same 35 points... If you gave you the D3 wounds against everybody, but it only gives it to you if that strength, that tough five thing kicks in. Right. So so against those tough four ogres, it's not... Useless or yeah, tough yeah, four characters, no. yeah. Um, and then after that, we've got a few in here. There's the Rune of Striking... It's also got three levels, plus one weapon skill, reroll fail to hit rolls, and then if you get a triple rune of striking, your weapon skill 10 with rerolled fail to hit rolls. But like Gary said before, we you have hatred a lot of the time, so you're paying all those points for... Down. Yeah. Uh, so only use that if you really have the points, and most of the time you're not going to have the points to use it. Yeah. Uh, Grudge Rune, I, I don't... The the problem with Grudge Rune is it's it's going off the... You have to nominate one enemy character or monster. Now, if they don't have any monsters in their list, that means you have to nominate a character, which your Dwarf Lord probably is going to have hatred against anyways. Your Dwarf... Yeah, uh, yeah. Your Dwarf Lord is going to have hatred against it on a three... Uh, on Yeah, three plus, so... Here's another Screw City Rune, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it at Screw City. Um but again, that means your Dwarf Lord's in combat with the monster, and that means your opponent probably did something wrong. <laughs> um, because if my Dwarf Lord's not killing it, whatever's behind him will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless it's an abomination, which just... I hate those things. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty rough. <laughs> At which point I did something wrong, just in <laughs> life in general. If that A-bomb touches my Dwarf Lord's unit, just I made a mistake. Um, so and then we get the last couple here. The Rune of Pairing for 25 points... Uh, all enemies attacking him in close combat is minus one to hit. Um, it's not bad. It's basically the Nurgle special rule for 25 points. Um, maybe a Rune Lord? Yeah. Someone you want to protect, it might not be bad. Uh, and then finally you got the Rune of Speed. You get plus one initiative, and you can take it up to three times. So you can, for five points, every five points you drop on it, you get a plus one to your initiative up to three uh, times. I like it when you with that smiting combination that I mentioned earlier, because uh, yeah. you're striking before an ogre lord, mm. uh, which has some serious value because the ogre lords are disgusting. Uh, <laughs> you could you could wipe that threat out before it ever swings. Um, right. But the, generally speaking, the rune of speed it's a great if you have five points left and you have that extra rune slot, pick it up, man. All right. Makes so, sense. Listen, it's time for a break. We'll come back and we'll kind of come get through these rest of these rooms. 
It is said that the throne of power was made by Grunjni himself, and that as long as it endures, the dwarf race will also. Since Snorri Whitebeard, the first High King after the Ancestor Gods departed, every High King in turn has sat upon the Ancient Wonder. In fact, tradition dictates that whenever the High King sits down, he must do so on the throne of power. At Karaz Akarak, the throne normally resides in the cavernous Great Hall, raised upon a massive pedestal of Polish stone. Those who would seek an audience with the High King must climb a flight of steep steps as the Dwarf Lord stares down imperiously. When the High King travels, the throne is borne aloft by four strapping dwarfs who are called the Throne Bearers. It is a great honor to be named a Throne Bearer, for they are the High King's personal bodyguard. When the Dwarf High King goes to war, he does so riding atop the Throne of Power. From its sturdy deck, the High King can wield his axe to deadly effect while the bodyguards are adept at slashing attacks, even while hefting the throne's considerable weight. Over the ages, it has been at countless battles, seeing both great victories and crushing defeats. There are many sagas of the kings of old, telling of the famous deeds done by those who fought upon it, from last stands to battle-line crushing breakthroughs. By some secret of its creation, the throne is nearly impervious to harm, although it does bear slight dents in its ornate carvings, caused down the ages by creatures such as dragons or greater demons. We are back. Back, with, back, 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 back. Back with Chris, back with Gary, and we're talking runes. And for the sake of our sanity, we're going to cover more of our favorites and not every last single rune here because you, if, you, if you're that interested buy the book and read it yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so with that like said that. Uh, uh, the, the armor runes piss me off armor runes definitely piss me off too why is that uh, they, the most frustrating part about building any of your characters they changed it they changed I, I used to have I used to have a go-to armor build and they've changed it to where it just doesn't work that way anymore. Um, well, based on what I'm seeing here, they offer quite a few benefits. You know, added toughness, great armor saves, ward saves. There's a lot of good stuff in here. There it's is like going to a buffet, on. dude, with every every single thing on that buffet is awesome. But once you eat that one thing, you can't <laughs> eat anything else. Yeah. Okay. So everything's that's, great, the, that's but... the best analogy I can give you. <laughs> You pick yeah. one thing, and that's what you're going for, but no one thing offers everything. Yeah. Whereas the re-rollable one-up armor save pretty much used to offer everything I wanted in armor runes. Exactly. Hmm. Speaking of which, for 30 points, a one-up armor save. Fantastic. I My BSB never leaves home without it. Um, yeah. It's a great way to make him very protective. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 30 points, it's fantastic. Yep. Um, you can take the rune of fortitude has three levels. The first one's the only one I really care about. Uh, although maybe you go to the second plus one toughness. Uh huh. Which I uh, I like the second one a lot. Actually, it's for if I put the four plus bs four plus ward on my bsb, I'm putting the two runes of fortitude on my dwarf lord at that point. Yeah, plus one toughness and a five up ward mm-hmm. for fifty points. That's not a bad combo. Uh, and then after that, it seven. I'm, yeah, doesn't. The rune of pe- uh, preservation is the one I'm going to call out. Um, 
I like the Rune of Preservation a lot, and that's actually my big holdup of building a Dwarf Lord. I think being immune to Killing Blow or having a two-up ward save against Killing Blow is very valuable. So oh, when, yeah. you're, when you're charging you know, Blood Letters, you're not just praying to God mm-hmm. that they don't Killing Blow your Dwarf Lord with five wounds. I just get so mad at this rune because I, I just I remember the old one. It oh, was, 15 points for immunity? For yeah. 15 points, you're immune to Killing Blow, Heroic Killing Blow, and Poison. And now for 25 points... You got a two up ward against killing blow and heroic killing blow. No, po- the poison is gone. Poison will still get you. Yeah, so, with a one up armor save though, you should be able to survive the poison because most poison attacks are low strength. True. I, I can't think of a single poison attack in the game that's really over strength four that it happened that is reliable that you see a lot. True. Um, I have to say though. My, I think the one that really uh, that I really love that I'm always taking, I catch myself taking all the time, is the Rune of Iron, for 20 points and extra wound. Yeah, that's that is a really nice rune. It, uh, yeah. yeah, I can see bringing on a Rune Smith or Rune Lord. Um, my Dwarf Lord, I don't have the points for it. I wish I did. Um, and my BSB build, I don't have points for it. But it is a, it's a nice 20 point rune if you have the have the points for it. See, I actually had. Put that on my in my in my build. I had that. Uh, I had two of them on my dwarf lord with shield bearers. So he's already toughness uh, five with five wounds. Mm-hmm. Take the rune of iron, toughness five six wounds. I take usually the double rune of iron. So for forty five points, it actually gives you an extra toughness. So he's got uh, uh, six wounds. That toughness six. Six wounds of toughness six. Please don't tell me then put the 35-point rune on him to make him tough seven. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool if he did, but wow. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go with the third rune, it gives him a regen five up, and I'm just like, nah, don't need it. I'll nah. take the rune of preservation or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can give him a two-up ward against shooting and magic missiles. Uh, <laughs> That's called the lookout, sir. I'm just saying. Exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. He's in the unit. You don't need it. Um, Rune of Stone is is like Rune of Stone. I'm, I throw on just about everybody. Rune of Stone is an automatic for any character in your list. If you're not giving them anything else, um, for five points to get plus one of their armor save. Pretty much. I mean, I put it on my engineers because I give my engineers a great weapon. Right. Uh, just because it lets them hold up against chaff. Like the, a unit of marauders charge tries to charge my war machines, and he's standing there in the way. That plus one armor save can save him mm. and potentially save all my war machines because uh, he's then attacking with two strength six attacks um, and killing them. So, hmm. but if you're taking like say a runesmith just to get yourself the armor piercing in your unit, mm-hmm. he's sixty five points or sixty points. I mean, and he's got Grommel armor, so he's at a four. You give him a shield for three points. Now for sixty three points, he's got a three up armor save. You throw this rune of stone on for five points, and you got a two-up armor save. And he's really cheap, and he's great um, to put into a dwarf lord's unit. You put him on the other corner because you'll significantly cut down on the number of wounds that are coming into your hammer units or your big great weapon units. Yep, because his armor saves so much better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's jump over to talismans really quick because that's the other thing you can put on a character. Uh, the talismanic runes. Um, well, Again, are frustrating. Okay, they were frustrating, and I'll tell you where, where I just want to I want to punch Jeremy Vitok right in the in the fruits. Uh, Again, it's a blood or beer, and I'm leaning on blood. Yeah, just... <laughs> the rune of warding. 
um, it used to be you could take uh, one, uh, you would take a rune and it would give you the six up ward save. You could take two runes and get the five up ward save. And then they had a master rune of warding, which was a separate a master entry of spite, a master of spite, yeah, which is the four up ward. Mm-hmm. But it was a single rune. See, so you could take you used to be able to take one rune and get a four up ward. Mm-hmm. Now it's attached to the rune of warding. So take it once, you get a six up ward. Double it, you get a five up ward. Triple it, you get the four up ward. So but if you, if you do take that, the three wounds, you don't get any other runic talismans. So you can't take the two up ward save against flaming. You can't take the rune of luck. It's yeah, it's silly. Yeah, it's upsetting, and so um, it, it, it's it's worth it. You need it for forty five points. Here, here's my oh, here's my big beef. Here's another one. Jeremy Vitok, one one more punch in the fruits. Fifteen point for a six up ward save. Now you know everybody knows the when in the in the in the, the big BRB, red book. Huh? It's fifteen for a six up. It's thirty for a five up. It's forty five for a four up. Unless you're a dwarf, then it's fifteen thirty five forty five. So for some reason, if you get if you got the four up and you want to give someone a five up, you get screwed for an extra five points. Why? Just because. Just because. So I wish they had brought the Rune of Spite back like it was the current Rune of Spite, where you have to take a wound and then you get to cause a free five up five strength five hit. Yeah. Anyone it's, who does a wound to you takes a strength five hit. Well, it's like, hey, I'm planning on my dwarf lord losing a wound, so here, <laughs> take one. It, it doesn't it doesn't pan out, man. Master in a balance is still here. This is the one that aggravates the crap out of everybody. For fifty points, not, oh, and this and this got worse too. Uh, rune smith and rune lords can make it. it used, you know, and you sell this with every dwarf build. They've got a master rune of balance. You roll up. I take one of your power dice and put it in my dispel pool. Yeah, now I didn't bring it because I thought it was just too much. But yeah, it was very common, and now you won't ever see it again. Yeah, I took it all the time. Now it only works on a four up, so it's only going to work in half the magic phases anyway. So, boop. so for fifty points, you could potentially take one power die away from and your. Put opponent. it in your dispel pool. It used to be you just automatically, automatically. I take one of your dispel dice or your your power dice, put it in my dispel pool. Now it only works on a four up. Hmm. So the rune of balance. <laughs> Look at Chris's face. He's like, yep. Because if you think about it, if you fail those first two rolls during the game, there's a strong chance your rune lord or rune smith doesn't make it out of turn three, because that's the, usually the first close combat turn when you're losing that character, your mm-hmm. BSB. Um, at which point, it really it didn't do anything for you. True. You know, because um, in the current way the game plays, if he makes it past turn three, that's significant, but it rarely happens. Now here's here's where the other where you get where we get uh, the big drop in our uh, you, you know the dwarfs in the last book they just shut down every magic phase and one of the ways they could do it was they'd have the rune of spell breaking which was a twenty five point rune and it's a dispel scroll basically mm-hmm. and you could take three of them you know, I could take a rune a rune smith and take three runes of spell breaking on him so I'd have basically three dispel runes. And then I take another runesmith, and I could take two on that guy because it's not identical anymore. So you could have five or six dispel runes if you wanted them in a game. Now you can take one. If you take a second, it becomes a rune of spell eating, which basically it doubles the points, and it's a dispel rune. And on a four up, they lose the spell. Yeah. And you can bring multiple that. multiples of these. You can bring 
you can bring the first rune on two runesmiths. Right. You could take the first rune on two runesmiths, but it used to be spell breaking and spell eating were separate runes. So yeah. I could take that for 50 points or this. Now I, it's just. So basically, every runesmith you take could have a dispel. Whereas before, you could have two or three per runesmith. Now, granted, this is much more fair mm-hmm. and uh, and balances the magic phase a little bit where I'm no longer walking in and just shutting off your magic phase and saying, nope, you're not having any magic. Yeah, and I think it, it fits more in the game, to be honest. The dwarves are still a very defensive army, especially with the runesmiths giving them magic res and uh, rune lords giving them magic res. Right. Um, they still have that natural defense, which is nice. It just, um, I like to bring occasionally two Dispel Scrolls in a bigger game on one character, and now I have to bring two characters to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump over to Engineering Runes. Can I uh, touch real quick on the oh, Rune sure. of Luck? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, uh, I really like the Rune of Luck. Um, I'm currently bringing a five-up ward on my Dwarf Lord and the Rune of Luck because that re-roll once per game is so crucial. Um for me at least, because I just find there's occasionally just that one to hit roll or um, I'll fail my strength test when they cast that um, Dwellers Below mm-hmm. um, and it'll let me re-roll it. So I really like the one rune of luck in the army because it gives you a very pivotal re-roll once per game, whether it's an armor save or a ward save or whatever. Yeah, so. it works for to hit, to wound, armor, ward, or characteristic test. Mm-hmm. 15 points, uh, some nice insurance. Yeah. yeah, including initiative tests. So if they... Yeah. Do six dice that stupid purple sun. Mm-hmm. There's a very strong chance if you have that rune on him, he's going to live. So that purple sun's value just went down significantly. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. Engineering runes. Um, I am a guy who runes up his his war machines. I know it, it makes them expensive, but I just I can't I can't. I can't help myself. I like the bright and shiny. <laughs> I, I, I like to my my motto is keep them deep deep. I'm sorry, keep them cheap, and uh, stack them deep. So I I'd, I'd rather bring four war machines with less runes than three war machines with a lot of runes. But both both actually work very well. Um, uh, the rune of penetrating, I think, is the first one that both of us bring. Correct. Um. Well, I usually have a cannon and a couple of organ guns, so I don't need it. But if I do take a uh, a, um, a grudge thrower, yeah, I'll put it on there. Yeah, the the grudge the grudge thrower with rune of penetrating just increases its damage potential significantly. So I do like that on it. Um, if I'm going to bring big bring a big grudge thrower, it's forty points and it increases the strength by one. So it's going from a three nine to a four ten. Mm-hmm. So. I can't tell you how very tempted I am every time I do that to pay the extra ten points. To get the upgraded rune to reroll that one time when you know you're going to roll a one to wound. See, and that's it. I keep looking at that too. It's forty points to get the rune in the first place. For fifty points, you get the plus one strength, and once per game you can reroll that one failed to wound roll. And it happens all the time, all the time. Yeah. When you pop that, finally you get that. You got the direct hit on that stupid steam tank, and it's going down, and you pop the one to wound. That second round of that second round of penetrating lets you hopefully take it off the board because everyone hates steam tanks. Yeah, yep. but ten extra points. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a not a bad investment. No. But there's a, I mean, and there's other cool stuff in here. I mean, you can give them, you can put them in hard cover. There's a rune that allows them to be in hard cover. Um, 
I used to like the master rune of immolation when I would play against Christopher with his elves. Uh, and basically, um, before you determine the combat result, at the end of the round of combat, before you determine the co- So you know you're going to lose this one. You know you're going to get destroyed or whatever. Or you know you've lost kind of, you know, a, a lot. Um, you can basically blow up the war machine and do 2d6 magical strength 4 hits flaming hmm. uh, done like shooting um, and okay. it, if they kill you off it just blows up anyway so for 30 points I don't know I, I, went, I went challenge you on this one because you're then paying 30 points expecting to lose that valuable exactly. war machine yeah I mean I used to like it before because yeah. I knew eventually someone was going to get in my backfield and when they got in the backfield it's sort of fun to be like haha yes you're taking it out but I'm blowing you up yeah um, uh, I, I, it's fun it's a great trick but I uh, it's a lot of points for for that trick but I, I don't know I'd rather for me the rune of accuracy the rune of forging and the rune of burning are oh, yeah. by far the three most common runes in this in the engineering that we're going to see. Yeah, because you know they they got a rune giving you plus one to your combat sc- combat res. Like you know, I'm not winning the battle of the <laughs> of the close combat when you're at my war machine. That's a waste. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, accuracy and forging. Accuracy gives you plus one to hit. Uh, and if you don't use ballistic skill, you can reroll the scatter dice. So if you're bringing a stone thrower, it's a must. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, it's I stone th- the you go from hitting 33 percent of the time with a stone thrower to hitting uh, what is it closer to f- right at 50, mm-hmm. getting a direct hit, which is huge. Yeah, it's beautiful. And the rune of forging basically you can reroll an artillery dice whenever uh, you roll a misfire. Yeah. Um, some people are going to disagree with this, uh, but this is just how I, ro- I, I like to roll uh, the organ gun. A lot of people are trying to decide when they're like down to their points. Do they put the accuracy or the forging or both? The answer is you put both on there if you can. Um, but if you don't have the points, okay, or if you're trying to bring two of them because you can't put that rune combo on two of them, in my humble opinion, the rune of forging is more important than the rune of accuracy because when you do pop the one misfire, your other shots are at minus one to hit. So it's almost the same thing as misfiring with that stone th- that that organ gun. When you just pop one misfire, even if you pop a ten on the other dice, uh, because you're at minus one to hit for the entire roll. Well, yeah, and the other thing is you don't want to roll a misfire. No, if I've got to choose between getting a better chance at rolling to hit on the ballistic skill portion of it or not misfiring at all, I'm. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, Yeah, you got to get rid of that misfire. I'd rather have the damage potential, and the damage potential means re-rolling that misfire and possibly getting another eight Mm -hmm. or ten. Um, so now, that should hopefully cleared up a lot. I know a lot of people are very conflicted on that, but I would always bring the rune of forging if I had to choose one between the two. Now, if you got the points and you're feeling particularly psychotic and you have to have them both on both of your organ guns, you can throw in a third rune on one of them. So you could have accuracy and forging on one, accuracy, forging, and a rune of burning yeah. on the other, which is basically gives it flaming yeah. for five points. Rune of burning is awesome. It's invaluable in this game. Um, I know some people can be like, what about Dragon Princes? Don't care about Dragon Princes. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about things like Abominations. Abominations, if you have a flaming cannon, an Abomination is the prescription for that oh, Abomination. Yeah. Okay? Uh, if you just cause one hit, you prevent that thing from coming back. 
Okay, and there's nothing more soul sucking <laughs> than when you kill an abomination and it comes back with full wounds. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's, worst. That's that's up there with when you wipe out a unit of demons and they pop double ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are the two like worst moments in your life. Like right up there. Just saying. On, yep. on the battlefield. So the rune one five point rune, it's an insurance policy. Make sure it doesn't happen again. Um I, if I bring four War Machines, I usually have the Rune of Burning on one, more than likely two of them, and just try to aim for the stuff that's not flaming. If I'm bringing the um, uh, Iron Drakes, I might only put it on one, one, one War Machine then, because I've got the uh, Flaming Iron Drakes, and I don't need the Flaming Rune on my War Machines at that point. Um, so just a, a thought for building the uh, your Dwarven War Machines. Makes sense. And uh, finally, we have runic banners, and this this is where this is where it gets expensive. But this is where you can really tool out your units. I think this is where the customization of the actual army comes in. Everything else you're talking about characters. Here we're talking about the army, uh, and you can really depend uh, decide what kind of army you want to bring with what banners you put on them. So it's a really it is it is a big decision. So you can give the BSB these, of course. Can can units? Units can take these as well. Yes, yes. So yes. Can take, yes, most of them can take, or many of them can take runic banners. Mostly up to fifty points. Um, the units of hammers can take up to seventy-five points of banner runes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, uh, that's where you got this master rune of uh, Valea, which is uh, the the plus two. To, it turns you from dispelling, uh, getting a plus two to dispel. This makes it a plus. Four to dispel, but here's where the money part comes in. This is why I like it. I know sometimes, I know Gary. Sometimes you don't take it, but uh, all remains in play spells are immediately dispelled on a three plus at the start of each friendly magic phase. Just remember, you're going to have a stack of power dice to dispel those with as well. That's true because yeah, on your magic phase, you don't have anything to cast unless you're playing around with the anvil. So, um, but that's sixty five points. So it's only on your BSB or on. Or in a unit of hammerers, and most people right now it's standard equipment on hammerers, and that's not—it's not bad standard equipment. Um, it's uh, it's a fantastic rune, so please, you know, no matter what I say during the show, just remember it's a great rune. Um, <laughs> but um, it's not something I'm using right now because I I know what I, I when I'm playing I know what to dispel when when, when what's going up against me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm used to playing with a fire belly, which is only a, a two to dispel, anyways. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not necessarily needing that extra plus two. And if I can use that 65 points to maybe buy the Master of Groth One Eye in the bringing two big blocks of warriors build with the with the hammers, um, to me that's actually more important because um, it means all those dwarf units will have to die literally to the man before they break. Um, because stubborn rerollable ten is pretty awesome, yeah. You know, um, so but the but master of Valaya is fantastic. It's just uh, it's it's any any time tell, somebody tells you you have to bring something, um, it's always fun just not to bring it. And it depends yeah. on where you want to focus. If you're really worried about your magic phase, it's good. But if you if you can play, you know, if if you're just a little more selective with your magic phase, you can. You can pick you can power else. through it. Yeah. You know? I think the goal, I mean, honestly, is when you're playing in a magic phase, it's not necessarily uh, what 
can can I stop everything? Because you'll never actually be able to stop everything. It's just stopping the stuff that's really going to hurt. Right. And if you can select the stuff that needs to be stopped, then that's it, honestly that's most of what the magic phase is. Um, the other stuff that uh, David brought up that's really really good um, that I didn't really I don't really use, but Dave's absolutely right. It's a great rune, the Master Rune of Grungi, or Grungi. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sixty points, and only the BSB can take this. But it basically gives him a four-up ward, and then gives a five-up ward against shooting and magic missiles to all units within six inches of the bearer. Of the bearer. So you that, got that's a small, that's a tight window. Well, yeah, but if you got him in, if you're only going five wide with your hammerers, and you got him right in the middle, then the the two units that are to either side flanking right side, him, sure, yeah, yeah, that's a very that, that's again it, like if you if you wheel even a little bit that it's out it's tight I think yeah the best thing you can do is if you're bringing a horde of slayers and you know you want to keep them alive you can bring that rune and it'll it can go you can have it the six inches extended to the slayers um and then people might not target them nearly as much hmm. which will be nice and um the four board save on the bsb is fantastic um the other, the only question i would say is if you're bringing them like that dave what other two banners do you put on him, or banner runes? Do you put on him? Uh, it depends on where I'm, where I'm, where he's going. Um, sometimes I just give him just that. I'm just like, okay, that's that's it for points wise. Um, you could put the rune of slowness on him. I'm, a, I'm, I do enjoy the rune of slowness, but it, the only time I did that was when I actually had him in. Uh, I put the BSB in a unit of twenty four uh, Iron Drakes. I had him just 12, 12 across, <laughs> two deep, and I had him up there for the ward save and then a, a couple of runes of slowness. Nice. Um, rune of slowness, uh, I, you, you figure out your charge, your total charge range after you roll. I roll a D6 and subtract that from it. It's, it's really it, great for stopping those long charges, those man-eaters who are depending on uh, being swift-strided. You know, or those juggernauts who who know they have the charge. The slowness rune is fantastic for going mm, back it up. And uh, what's great about it, though, is if you got it with that unit of iron drakes, when someone charges, you stand and shoot. Mm-hmm. So you stand and shoot with them. Boom, you get that off, and then maybe they fail their charge. So on your turn, you shoot them again. Then they charge you again. You stand and shoot again. So you're going from getting one stand and shoot to getting three. Three uh, three sets of attacks with, mm-hmm. with those with those weapons. So um, real quick, I know we're gonna talk about iron drakes in a minute. Just remember, pistols on iron drakes on the champion. It's a must take right now for for eighth edition. Yeah, I would agree the, with that. The torpedoes are great. Don't get me wrong, but the pistols mean whenever you stand and shoot, you're you're standing shooting at his range. So even if it's a long charge, they're the entire unit counts as shooting at eight inches away. So they'll be at close range. Right. Nice. So that's huge, considering you're not taking a penalty when they stand and shoot. So that means you're hitting them on fours. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, what else we got in here? There's the stubborn rune for 35 points. The unit must stubborn. have on any big block of, of long beards. Mm-hmm. Um, iron beard. If if you're bringing um, uh, uh, iron breakers instead of hammerers, which is you know to each their own, um, put it on them. Uh, every big block of dwarf warriors that is over 300 points needs to be stubborn, in my opinion. Um, it just, it's, 
Yeah, because then they're always just, yeah they're always they're always uh, taking tests on a nine, a mm-hmm. ten if you're near a your general, or if you've got a, just a thane in the unit. Yeah, um, it's the the reason the main reason being is everyone's like yeah, but what about steadfast? Working in steadfast real easy. You're paying way more for your troops than your opponent is more than likely, so your chances of being steadfast are not high. So stubborn is far better than steadfast because it's dependably there every mm. turn. Um, and if I have a unit and I have steadfast, if I have the stoicism banner on them, I don't run a champion on them because that means they're literally dying to the last man. And I can't tell you how many times I've just had one person running left, and they're still I still <laughs> have points for the unit. Um. The other rune I want to... I mean, you could take the rune the rune of Sanctuary. You can take Magic Resistance up to Magic Resistance 3. But Strola's rune, 35 points and you get Vanguard. On a block of Slayers, it just makes sense. Yeah. It just makes sense. You can get him forward. Now, that's what I did, though. Uh, I took the... Um, how did I do it? I took... In fact, I think what I did was I took the double rune of Slowness on the unit of... Of Iron Drakes, and then I had the Master Rune of Grunge and Strola's Rune on the BSB. Nice. And so I jumped him forward 12 inches, moved forward another three, and just started burning everything around me, and then slowing him down so I was getting extra, extra attacks off on it. It's a really fun combo. Uh, but it ended up getting so expensive. With that build, I would, I would probably go two runes of slowness on the Drakes, because, you know, why not? And then have the four up ward save Grungni on the BSB. Have the uh, uh, Strollers rune so they can move forward, and then pop a rune of Stoicism on there as well. Why? Because just because. So they're stubborn. That that big block of twenty four guys is stubborn, and they will hold. And so, just in case they do get in close combat, you can. They're they're going to die pretty much until that BSB is dead. You know what I'm saying? Because they will get into close combat, but they've got Gromel armor on them, so they're 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 out of you know they got a four up ward, and they're they're pretty they're pretty nice and tough. And so even if they've got four ranks and all this stuff, you're you can take a serious hit in close combat, and they'll still be there. Um, and then your other support units can come and either save them or do whatever they've got to do, so you don't just lose those points. Yep. All right. Uh, break time. Break time, and then we come back when we do Lords and Heroes. Go. Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night, to Friday Night Magic. There's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. 
Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. BattleFoam, protecting your army. We are back after a short break, all refreshed. Yep. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I want to say a quick happy birthday to my friend Chris Yu. It was yesterday. Oh, thank you. Another year oh, older. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> special, special. What do you get? Another year older and deeper in debt. There you go. There we go. <laughs> well, that was depressing. I'm hey, uh, <laughs> sorry. It's a song lyric that just popped into my head. All right. So let's look at these Lord characters. Um Okay, now, if I were going to rank them in usefulness right now, and I'll, I'll, I'll say mine first so that way everybody knows Gary didn't taint my opinion. But I'm going Lord, Demon Slayer, Rune Lord at this point as far as, as, as the order I would probably take them in. Uh, would you? What do you think, Gary? I, I would probably go Lord, Rune Lord, Rune, uh, Demon's, uh, Demon Slayer. Okay, so we got a little So, But we both agree the Lord is, is the prime choice at this point. Absolutely. Uh, there's except no substitution or refund. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he, he's he's just the best model in that army, and he holds it together like a linchpin, which is what a what you think of your general is supposed to do. So he's got the uh, weapon skill of seven, uh, ballistic skill four, strength four, toughness five, you know, basic three wounds, initiative four. He's very fast for a dwarf, and four attacks, and with that awesome leadership ten. Mm-hmm. Which, just as a note, our, our our heroes getting out too. So, yeah, oh, that's so good. The Thane being leadership. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the dwarf units are leader nine or ten. So, yeah. Uh, well, there's nothing less than a there's nothing less than a nine in the book in this. <laughs> and apparently, if you wear Grommel armor, you get a ten. That's the law. I, I like it. It's a good rule. It's yeah, you got to protect your high leadership guys. There you sense. go. So, um, what do you, now? How do you how do you take your lord? Gary? Um, so my Dwarf Lord right now, um, I think most people will agree shield bearers are just kind of a must at the moment. Um, Even though they're more expensive. They used to be 25 points. Now they're 40. But they added two wounds to it. So for that extra 15 points, you got a bonus two wounds. Yeah, that's quite a bargain. I'm just saying that's a hero slot. That's a hero character right there, you know? Mm-hmm. And those that's a, you know, a one-up armor save and a four or five ward save character who got two extra wounds so and with five wounds i mean he's up there with a uh with an ogre character he has more wounds than a demon prince <laughs> yeah, yeah you, well and that and honestly if you couple him if you want to go back if you couple him with bugman who can give back the d3 wounds at every every turn mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not bad i mean he's he's a very good character um he definitely holds the line together but just 
you've got to be you're spending about 300 points on this character every game and that does add up so that's the only kind of drawback i see on the dwarf lord yeah because you're going at 188 points base that's shield bearers his own shield lord and then you throw in another 125 points worth of runes which as we as as you and i have both said he needs 130 130 yes. he'd be a perfect character this is like remember in the old in the in the when we were looking at the uh, in the old wood elf book you know it was just replaced but people were always complaining you it was just they priced it so you couldn't take that perfect combination and were always yep. 5 points short same thing yep but i think this time it was purposeful and deserves a, a grudge man i just someone messed with the point so it's exactly 5 points short <laughs> Just oh, saying. I know it. It drives it drives me absolutely bonkers every time I try to put this together. Now, so how do you kit your how do you kit your lord, Gary? Okay, so my personal build is um, I go a rune of um, might and two runes of uh, two runes of cleaving. So he's strength five, doubles its strength ten for tough five guys, and then he's gonna have a um, two runes of Give me a second. So he's strength five armor piercing, and then if anything is toughness five or higher, he becomes strength ten. Correct. So against a steam tank, he's literally just carving it like butter. (laughs) (laughs) I have run into too many steam tanks. That thing is ridiculous. (laughs) This is a good answer for it, though. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so two runes of fortitude, so he has a plus one toughness and five aboard save. So at that point, he's got um, tough six, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Plus, he's got a five aboard save, um, and then the capital officer rune of luck. Oh, so, so you I, really like that rune of luck getting that one reroll in there anywhere? Um, it's just I think it's I think it's important, especially when um, I can't afford to bring a four aboard save on him mm-hmm. and give him um, the that rune. I mean, I could bring a four aboard save, and he'd have a one up four up, but then I'd have pretty much nothing else, and the plus one toughness is still helping him out tremendously. So, if you go to I a like, tournament that allows a uh, tournament reroll for you know doing whatever, do you still invest in that uh, extra luckstone? Um, I'd probably still say yes, only yeah. because I can use that for a cannon hit that you right. roll for a wound. More rerolls, the better. Exactly. Um, and this one can let me reroll the characteristic test. It can let me reroll a hit. How many times if when you really needed to cause four wounds, you only cause three? All too many, my friend. <laughs> So, or when you roll that D three and it pops up a one, and you're like, "You bastard!" Exactly. That's cool. That said, um, I played against yesterday. I played a couple games, and I played against the dwarf lord I was talking about the other day. Where uh, I, I was playing ogres, my friend was playing dwarves, and we're chit chatting about the dwarf builds and all that kind of stuff. And I got to really see it on the field. And um, it's the smiting dwarf lord with the um, rune of might and then the rune of speed. And he's got a five aboard save. He takes the two runes of warding. And that character is still pretty good. He has issues with tough four, but pretty much every time you're hitting an ogre, if you wound it, and that's the big question, if you wound it, you're killing an ogre. So mm, nice. it, was, it was actually pretty impressive. I, uh, I liked that build a lot. Uh, I might have to steal it. <laughs> nice. Okay, so Rune Lord then. When do you take a Rune Lord? Um, 3,000 points. Um, wow. Okay. Or just, just to keep him cheap and put him in a unit with, like, my BSB to avoid... He adds plus two magic res, just off the top. Mm-hmm. Right. So he'll help prevent 
death snipes, that kind of stuff on your characters. I see. Uh, which, when you go up to a tournament uh, like in Ohio, every single wizard on, that you're going to be playing against has got death magic, and they're all pack, planning on sniping you. I'm so sick of death magic. Just like, what they do. I wish Shadow uh, came back. <laughs> I had a fun, fun tournament of playing one guy with three death snipes in oh, one army, nice. and they all were leadership 10 because they're in the same unit or whatever, and it was just like, this is, this is awesome. Do you so, think uh, that much death magic all the time uh, reduces its effectiveness? I, I would uh, have to think so. When you're th- when you're picking at the what you're always trying to do with your death magic is extend it to the edges, mm-hmm. so you're getting out of the bubble. And at that point, you're trying to pick off war machines, birds, whatever, anything that gets outside your twelve inch range. Mm-hmm. Death snipes still stay pretty effective because it's such a cheap casting. And if they get it off, they and they cause any wounds, they, get they some more are dice. getting extra dice. Yeah. All right. So before, it, okay, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, no, sorry. I just can say it's it's a nasty power battery kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so before we leave the Rune Lord, we have to talk about the anvil. Okay. We haven't talked about it yet. New anvil rules. He get he gets plus two wounds and he gains unbreakable. Um, it's a single model. Now the nice thing is Ultra is a single model. Is he actually so that you, it, he doesn't have any empty stats. Correct. So you can't just do a stat test that he doesn't have and take it off the board like you used to be able to. Yeah, they kind of unbroke it. Yeah, of course. They unbroke it, and then now, oh, five up ward save. And then you get, uh, oh, plus one dice to your power and dispel pools. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then you get the following bound spells. So you have bound spells now. You're just, it's not just, so you get a magic phase. You get a magic phase. So if you're not dispelling stuff, you could do one of these things. No, this is different from the old one. With the, the old one, it just happened. The old one, you just had to roll, I think, a two up. Two up or four up, depending on if you win. Ah, I see. Ancient or regular. Yeah, so on a two up, you could do it for one unit. On a, If you wanted to do it on D3 units, you could try for the four up. Okay. Yeah, and the spells actually got nastier with the four up, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and basically, they changed the spells. There's no more... There's no more charging with an anvil, which you used to be able to, you know, move the guys in and charge. But they got rid of that. I mean, it basically nobody can can charge in the magic phase anymore. Um, so you get an augment. Uh, every friendly dwarf unit within 24 inches gets immune to psych until the start of the next magic phase. That's pretty weak to me because oh. the dwarves are already high leadership as it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the only thing is you don't... Sauce, considering then you're also forcing your gyrocopters not to be able to charge... I would right. not be able to flee from a charge. Right. I mean, yep. um, you can't set them up with if, if you do the ranger thing where you squeeze your rangers in to try and get you just it, no bueno. That's what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. It's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. The, well, and the, and the, <laughs> well, and the other problem it, it's nice if the uh, okay. So if you're fighting stuff that causes fear and terror, you don't have to worry about it. But your leadership's so high anyway; it's just not that Never good. Sure, yeah. If you're playing with standard deployment, where everything should be within your 12-inch leadership 10 rerollable leadership bubble, you shouldn't have to worry about mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Then and, you get. I mean, if you fl- if you fluke the test, you fluke the test. But I would never waste power dice on that spell. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's at a three. If you want to go for a power level four, you get the uh, rune of oath and steel. Target unit anywhere on the battlefield. Increases their armor save by one, to a to a maximum of a one plus, to the start of the next magic phase. See, why couldn't that be every unit within twenty four inches? That, that, see that yeah, would be amazing. Yeah, that would be worth taking it, because then the only other one is at power level five. You get a direct damage two d six strength four. 
hits 24 inch range. You get a, a magic missile or a fireball. Which Except is cool. it's not flaming, but. But I mean, it can attack, you know, if we're, we're, we're talking about the, those, those armies which are trying to, you know, move very quickly and just stay out of your range. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just have a very hard time bringing the anvil right now. I would actually, right now, I've got the old anvil, you know, the cool one that had wheels. Right. I'm actually painting it up to put it into a unit of, of iron breakers as oh, a nice. killer. Yeah, it's just. I mean, everybody said it. Now, I know everyone is bemoaning the losing the the charge spell, and yes, the charge spell was great, but they could. I mean, these three spells. It's just they're so mad. I mean, the only one in here that's really great is getting that plus one to your armor save. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you could get some utility out of that magic missile, you know, because the dwarf ballistic shooting is. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Is it needs a little bit of help? But this anvil is 170 points. I want something more than a two. Took away one big weakness from it, though, and that's the fact it will never blow up. That's true. It doesn't blow up anymore. That's huge. So you cannot blow your own anvil up. And I can't go to. You couldn't go to a single dwarf tournament for three years or so where someone didn't come up with you come up to you with woes of his anvil blowing up. (laughs) Joe now, Flesh took it to every tournament, and that's all he ever did. It blew up. It blew up. Oh, you just walk over. How'd your dwarf game go? My, you know, my anvil blew up on turn one. Oof. But that's how they always start their stories. I don't think I've ever taken an anvil. I might have taken it in one game. So it's not, oh, that's right. Harrison said I took it once against against Chris. So it's uh, the the highs are not as high, but the lows are no longer as low. So it's kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but for 170 points, the point is here's the thing. If someone's using this against me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gary. Let's say I'm coming up with it's dwarf on dwarf. Mm-hmm. You're letting me augment immunopsychology. You couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. You're going to take the magic missile. The only thing here you're holding your dice to stop is that armor save. At which point, though, you're letting a sh- you're getting seven strength four hits against you every turn. For 170 points, though. And, oh. But it depends on what that unit is. I mean, if it's uh, and if that unit's could be the in copter range. that's you know vital to your plans, it's very tactically situational. Is what I'm it's situational. I do. I think it's worth 170 points. No. Can I see bringing it and someone bringing it against me, and they have just an awesome phase and it doing something good? Yes. I mean, it, I just I have a hard time believing it's going to make 170 points back throughout the course of the game. Yeah, that yeah, that, and that's my beef with it. Is and I'm not even trying to be a points monger or, or a win at all cost type player, but for the love of Pete, I mean, it's just it's. And the only way you can get that anvil is with the Rune Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. one seventy plus one twenty. So and so. my big problem is why did they get rid of the boosted versions? I mean, the boost you could boost all of the old. Yeah. Uh, so make, yeah. yeah. To just change the cost of the bound spell. It's a three and a six, a four and a seven or eight, a five and an eight or nine. and Exactly. And then give make these cool, like, gains, you know, uh, immune to psych plus, I don't know, hatred or frenzy or whatever. Uh-huh. Something cool. Yeah. But it just made it very, very vanilla like the old magic lores used to be. Do you remember back in 7th edition how everyone complained about how bad the magic lores were? And yep. then 8th edition came out and the magic lores were way better? Yep. Or eighth edition came out. Oh, the magic was way. Oh my god! This is <laughs> broken the whole game. Table. Oh, just because everyone was still used to the seventh edition magic, where oh, you brought a fire wizard. That's that's cool. You're not going to do anything all game. <laughs> or or it, well, plus you got to pick your lore. Yeah, you, you kind of had to be a little vanilla because you got to pick your lore. Mm-hmm. Like when you strolled up to the table. 
but yeah, I don't. I don't even need magic. I have a level one scroll caddy. He's got two <laughs> scrolls because you could take yeah, multiples, exactly. and that's all you needed. I, I wonder if they didn't allow the boosted versions uh, because players are just going to chuck six dice at it with no ill effect. Yeah, but at the same time, it's the equivalent of a hundred and seventy point scroll caddy. This is true. Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do amazing things, but it's not gonna do anything truly and terrible. If you want to give anything cool to your rune lord, that two hundred ninety point guy just get to be three or four hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a lot of points for that. So and those are points that you know this list where your points cost and everything else went up. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to recoup those points back now. Yeah, this thing just gets pushed out of the mix. Exactly. So now I'm we sorry. got. So you want to talk about uh, Demon Slayers? Demon Slayers. Why don't we hit both of them together, the hero and the lord sure. version, since they're they're darn similar. Um, so, you know, Slayers, we'll talk about the Slayer rules, I guess, when we get to them. But uh, the Dragon Slayer and the Demon Slayer have a pair of really cool rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you take hero level, he gets uh, multiple wounds, D3 against monsters, which, hey, that's kind of awesome. Um. Weapon skill six, strength four, tough five. I mean, he's got lord stats almost, you know. Um, and D three against monsters. Now, if you take that's the hero level. If you take the lord level, the demon slayer, he gets all that. Plus, you have to reroll successful ward saves against his attacks. So and that's funny, right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, Coupled with the other Slayer rules, this thing becomes awesome. The fact that even if you kill him, he's going to get that one attack in against you, and it could very well... I mean, if you're not a monster, if it's just a character, you know, it's not going to be as good. But that's where they can take those special runic weapons, which Mm -hmm. run into points. But uh, I am a personal fan of that rune of flight, rune of might combo for, uh, for, for 55 points. Well, I mean, look at that that combo we were talking about the other day about the the smiting um, might and then rune of initiative. You put that on a demon slayer, and that demon slayer is now killing dwarf lords because he would his he's already plus one initiative on a dwarf lord because demon slayers are initiative five. Mm-hmm. So now his plus one initiative makes him initiative six. So now he's going first. He gets so he'll automatically have hatred against a dwarf lord. Okay, because that would be the other person's general. Oh, right? that's true. And then he'll have four strength, ten attacks. That The caveat is I get to make you reroll your ward save. So even if you pop two of the three fives, because you'll have a five-up save at that point, or four, you have to reroll them. So the Demon Slayer is cheaper, and he will kill Dwarf Lords. He'll also kill Ogre Lords. He'll yeah. kill whatever he gets in combat with. What's the downside to taking him? He's not as uh, he doesn't have the extra two wounds. He doesn't have the extra two wounds. He doesn't have armor. There's no way to protect him. So, yes, he'd be cheaper than a dwarf lord, and he could kill a dwarf lord very easily. But he's not built to last. But the problem is, you put him into a unit of anything that's strength four or five, and he's probably going to die unless he clears it all out. Yeah, I mean, he winds up being about two hundred and fifty points. Uh, which is great, but he's 250 points with, like you said, three wounds, no, no, arm, three wounds no armor save. You've got to put him in a bunker of Slayers and keep him safe until he can pop out and do this. Mm-hmm. And he's probably still going to die, you know? So that's 250 points that you have to make sure gets 
does something in that game because, and that's the point where like you were talking about bringing that rune of warding on your um, not the rune of warding, the rune of Grungni on your BSB. Right. He can help keep your big unit of slayers alive because if you keep them within six inches, slayers are going to get a five up ward mm-hmm. save against uh, magic missiles and and uh, shooting. Yep, cannons, uh, stone throwers, everything. Yep. So, um, Demon Slayer, I, I, I'm a huge fan. Uh, the list I'm bringing to um, Screw City has got two of them in it, along with Ungram. <sighs> Ouch. So, um, you know, I'm ready for some monsters. That's all I'm saying. And the fact is, for 70 points, a Dragon Slayer, I mean, he's a little lower. He's only weapon skill six, only initiative four, with three attacks and two wounds. But he's still strength four, toughness five. You can still put a seventy-five point weapon on him, which means you can give him something, something nice too. And for you know, for seventy points, he can run in there and get given a chance. He'll wreck a little face. In the old days, um, you know, heck, less about a year ago when I started changing up my dwarf list, um, I used to run a Slayer character religiously called Mad Mardigan, and Mad Mardigan <laughs> was a naked fifty-point Slayer. <laughs> Who has done? Who, who, there are books about him. Like if you go into Barnes and Noble in the cheap section, there's books about this guy. <laughs> like, he's just done so much. He's killed dragons. He's eaten the steam tank by himself before. Like nice. just, just amazing stuff. And um, for fifty points, I would bring him. You know, every day, and then points started getting tighter with the new with um, how you had to start fielding your new lists, mm-hmm. especially when Eighth Edition came around. And I started switching him out with an engineer because the engineer just made the war machine so much better. Uh-huh. But I, uh, I think I'm gonna try and bring back Mad Mardigan, seventy point Slayer character. Just he's great for protecting your flanks. If someone charges him with a strength three unit, they need sixes to wound him because he's tough five, mm-hmm. and he can hold that a strength three unit up forever. Is he running around by himself? I run. I usually ran around by himself. Hmm. Like I didn't. I couldn't really afford a big block of Slayers at that point, sure. so I just literally. Would deploy him out. I would send him at War Machines. Uh, he's taken down entire groups of War Machines by himself. You get um, so few attacks against him because he's a model. Mm-hmm. So even in the two ranks, you're getting five, six, seven attacks, but you still got to hit him. His weapon skill six. Weapon skill six. You're usually hitting on fours. The tough five is the kicker, though. Right. Yeah. So what people don't see though is when he's running across the field, you just do a slight pivot and then you charge their units in the flank. Hmm. Right. And then you stick them in the flank, which leaves their their frontage open, but they can't kill you when you're in the flank unless right. they had a really nasty character in that unit because they're not getting supporting attacks. So they'll get about three attacks at you. They'll hit with me. So let's, let's generously say two. Mm-hmm. And then they may, they'll be lucky to get that one wound in on you. Exactly. So, and you're just, his literal goal was to hold that unit up so another unit can come support them. But uh, it still works. I mean, especially now that Slayer char- the Slayer character's charge range has increased significantly. So if you have one or two of them just running around by themselves, charging units to hold them up, as long as there's not a, significant, a serious character in that unit, they'll stand a very good chance of doing so. Um, mm-hmm. And they can also challenge out in case of certain co- combats. So they'll cut back on the number of attacks coming at them. Very nice. I like it. Very nice. So, like, see Chaos units? Like I see a chaos unit with a wizard yep. that they don't have an actual combat character in. Charge that unit. That combat character, ha- that wizard has to challenge. So he'll hold up an entire unit of chaos warriors by himself. Oh, I didn't think about that because even the wizards have to challenge because that's a chaos warrior rule. Yep. Exactly. And so at that point, you're getting rid of some of their bonuses for the first round of combat. 
and you're put, you can position your dwarf units in to get really nice mm-hmm. charges on them. Or it can just let you hold them up and deal with everything else and then come back to it. Nice. I like it. All right, so since we've jumped into heroes, let's, uh, well, we started with the dragons, so let's go backwards here. Master Engineer. Uh, Master Engineer's got some good rules. Um, he can entrench a weapon, which basically puts it under hard cover. Um, and also makes it minus one to hit in close combat, which is actually pretty big. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah. So he's got that. He's got Artillery Master, so if he's not fleeing, a War Machine can use his Ballistic Skill, which is four. Which is better than every other dwarf. Let me just say, field. across the board, uh, the Blissus skill 3 of a dwarf I find shockingly low. It's the same as a goblin or an orc. It well, it's also higher. the same as a human. I mean, I was annoyed by it, and then I thought about it and said, you know, they're not any necessarily any better at aiming. Or, they have better weaponry, but that doesn't necessarily make me a better shot. You can give me... I mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've gone out shooting with my dad and stuff. My dad's got I, guns. I, I hear you. Yeah. And if you're a crappy shot, I can hand you the best pistol in the or the best rifle in the world with the most accurate scope. And if you're a crappy shot, you're a crappy shot. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd love them to have ballistic skill four, but, I mean, that's I, that's that's the realm of elves, you know? I'd also like to point out <laughs> there's very few units of the game, if you look at how it breaks it down, that are strength four, ballistic skill four mm-hmm. for shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can count on one hand the number of units that actually are that for um, regular ballistic skill shooting. Yeah, like, like bolt throwers. Well, well, I'm talking about, like, units. Ah. Like, the Sisters of whatever, yeah, Lord, the yeah. High Elves. Then that's it. I mean, the old Marksman Maragliano, mm-hmm. you, those are actually one of the old uh, Marksman, that's one of the few Dogs of War units you could actually see people still bringing after the kind of the demise of Dogs of War. Because they were ballistic skill four crossbows, hmm. which is awesome when you're hitting people at long range, thirty inches away on fours. I suppose that's a good point. If they're already strength four, there's got to be some give and take. But it is also the reason why when they took away the uh, plus one to hit on the the dwarf crafted weapons, yeah. that was a big. Oh yeah, it hurt, man. I still feel it. Yeah, because at this point, I mean, <clears throat> I've taken now. I've taken the the ballistic shooting, and I've never rolled anything. I'm, I'm always hitting on fives. You're always hitting on fives. The only thing that doesn't is those is is your iron drakes because mm-hmm. you're either because what is it? Not the rule for dwarf crafted. Does that don't take a penalty for stand and shoot? You don't take a penalty for stand and shoot. Okay, but still, most of the time when they're charging, they're outside of your twelve inch range. Yeah, but that's the reason why you put a character with a champion with pistols in them, so you always count a standing mm-hmm. shooting at close range, uh-huh. no matter how far they get. That is true. So you'll always be standing and shooting and hitting him on fours. Okay. Well, that's better then. Well, the the Master Engineer increasing the BS by one, I mean, that works wonders on your organ gun, which we'll talk oh, about. Oh, God. It makes the organ gun disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> the organ gun is already good. This makes it really good. Yeah. Oh, then you it throw a rune on it. Back, because if you think about it this way, the Artillery Master ability, which lets him reroll one misfire and let, uses ballistic skill. So it, that cuts off 25 points that you would have had to spend on the rune of forging mm-hmm. on that organ gun. So when you're buying a Master Engineer, it's really, if you're taking off the rune of forging off your organ gun, the cost is only really, like, what, 45 points? Yep. But you could keep the rune of forging on your organ gun, and then you're hitting on deuces. No, no, that's the rune of accuracy. Oh, sorry, the rune of accuracy. Okay, yeah. The rune of forging is the one that lets you reroll misfires. Oh, okay, right, right, right. So this lets you not have to bring that. 
So it drops the overall cost of the organ gun. Aha, uh-huh, hmm. true. And the rid of accuracy means you're hitting on twos now at close range, which is ridiculous. It's a beautiful thing. So, uh, and then he's got stand back, sir, which is look out, sir, except he can't join a unit. So as long as he's within three inches of a war machine, a war machine. It's a four up war save. No, it's a four out lookout, sir. Oh, four now, out lookout, sir. Okay. That's really dangerous, though, because a lot of times people are going to take those hits. Like somebody shoots a cannonball at him, mm-hmm. and that just means the oh. hits are then given to a war machine. <laughs> that's so true. People don't catch that, and so I'm like, okay, we'll take that lookout, sir, in your war machine, and then you take the hit on the war machine, and the war machine's destroyed. I personally would rather lose the engineer any day of the week. Sure. Well, you don't. Then do choice. you have to? Do you have to stand back, sir? No, it's a choice. Right. So, but so, I mean, but if it's say a stone thrower that doesn't hit him in the uh, with the center spot. Oh yeah, strength I mean, three hit, take it on the war machine. Yeah, strength anything that's not strength six or higher, take it on the take it on the character, right. or it doesn't do D three or D six mm-hmm. wounds. Uh, but the big ones like cannonballs and so forth, I would be like, uh, sorry, engineer, you're having a bad day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's taking one for the team. <laughs> exactly. So and, and he can still take fifty points worth of whatever if you want to give him something. I mean, outside of a rune of stone, which I think you wind up putting on everybody, because mm-hmm. for five points for the plus one of the armor save, so he goes from a four up to a three up. I usually go rune of stone, give him a great weapon. Um, he has two strength six attacks at that point, which is pretty good. Yeah, um, and he also is really good at keeping like birds. And other things that are not really all that offensive, but you don't want charging your war machines. Mm-hmm. Put him between that and whatever that thing is. Exactly. He can also get the charge out. So he can charge at those things to clear them out. Same thing with cats. Because your war machines are all stubborn. So if they don't break them on the charge, he'll get to countercharge them. Nice. So they just have to, if, as long as whatever the charge your war machine doesn't cause three wounds, chances are it'll still be alive if you have an engineer back there. That works. Uh, let's see what's next. The Runesmith, 60 points. The hero level, now he gets magic resistance. He's basically the same as the Rune Lord, uh, except he's only magic resistance one. And his, uh, weapon skill and toughness are less. Are less. And obviously he's only got two wounds. He's a hero. Um, I like this guy with, uh, he's got the Gremlin armor. I was taking him super cheap. In fact, when we were playing Triumphant Treachery, they killed... I'm like, how much was he worth? Oh, 68 points. 60 nice. points, 3 points for a shield, 5 points for the Rune of Stone. Mm-hmm. He's not in that unit to kill things. He's a he's a, a wizard equivalent. He's in that unit to give it armor piercing. Yeah, he's actually a really good build. bring on like your Lord's unit. Uh, if you ha- bring a unit of hammers, if you go a rank of 5 and you have your Dwarf Lord in the front rank, he has to go to the back rank, the second rank. Mm-hmm. So right, he's... You have your full command unit up front, mm-hmm. and their Dwarf Lord takes up two spots with the Shield Bears, right? So he'll still give that Dwarf Lord plus one to his ward save, because Magic Rise in case of Death Snipes. Plus, he still gives your Dwarf Lord armor piercing in case he's only strength four. So that helps you cut through some of the armor saves that you'd have to see, because you have a lower strength. All while keeping him safe in the second rank. Exactly. That's a good, that's a good build. Yeah, sixty-eight points. It's it's yeah. I mean, I, I most of my list, I got like two of these guys. I'm throwing them in a couple of different units just because you get a little bit of a ward save and you get a little bit of that armor piercing. And don't be afraid to hit the ejection button with them and get them out of the unit to go block other people from charging you, 
or to just get him out. Like, I, I've totally put him in the way of other people. Mm-hmm. So if they were to charge me, they now can't because I just run him out. He's cheap enough to do that. When things are getting really close in that six to, sure. to like to eight inch range. Um, yeah, check out the 60 point character to save your 300 point unit. Exactly. Yeah. And he also will yeah. let you then get a counter charge, at which point you'll be strength five or six mm-hmm. with Dwarf Lord, and the entire unit will be strength seven if they're hammers or longbeards with great weapons. Very nice. Yeah, and for 60-some-odd points, that's like throwing out that, uh, what do you call it, your little goblin on a goblin on a wolf. Exactly. A goblin on a wolf, or I've seen people do that with uh, the Skaven uh, warp block engine, the engineers that yeah. are really cheap. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, you got a 30-point guy, you just run right. him out and say, I don't care, kill him. Exactly. Well, I, I kind of see that with, like, the Ring of Thori. Like, that's the one thing that I've been going back to on my runesmith, um, is putting the Ring of Thori on him, if you put, if I put a Dispel Scroll on, on him, too. But the Ring of Thori gives you that Breath Weapon, which is really great because he'll be striking an Initiative 2 with the Breath Weapon, so he'll clear out regen so the rest of your unit can hmm. kick butt because they'll be striking at a lower initiative because they have great weapons. Um, so that can wipe an entire unit of trolls when you do that oh, yeah. Well, and you can actually or whatever. You can actually do that, and when we get to the other units, a lot of these characters can take extra, you know, extra items and stuff yeah, like that. The, the champions, the, the stuff, champions. Yeah. So it's like, oh, the champion could get a little bit special. Mm-hmm. So last uh, hero is the Thane, and the Thane is money, sixty-five points, weapon skill six, tough five, two wounds, and leadership ten. Yep. Which means if you do take that rune lord and he's not doing all that great, you can have the Thane be the general. Of course, you could have had the Thane be the general when he was leadership nine because you could just pick between him and the rune lord. But it's nice to have a leadership ten general to give that bubble and still not have to make that rune lord, especially if you want to put him on an anvil. You don't want your general stuck sitting in the back on the anvil. I I know. I still think right now the most valuable thing a Thane can do is carry a battle standard. I mean, I love the Thane for putting him in units and he can do damage, but you just get so p- tight on points right now between char- between um, your Lord selection and then your core and special selection. I'm having a very hard time fitting more than one Thane in the list. Um, I haven't but- even, yeah, I haven't even tried. If you, I mean, if you're taking a Lord, yeah, yeah, hero, yeah, a Lord level character, yeah, one Thane, BSB. And that BSB though is the linchpin of your army, so he's more important as far as defensively keeping your army together, than your Dwarf Lord is. Because re- there's really nothing worse than failing a terror test. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, he, and he prevents that. He also prevents um, Stubborn. Stubborn's great, but when you pop an 11, Stubborn sucks. You're like, why couldn't they be unbreakable? So the re-rolls are huge. And so now, do, now you don't usually put a, a runic banner with your BSB, am I correct? No, I, I think BS, your BSB character um, needs to be a close combat character. Um, he needs to be able to take a hit and give a hit. Um, he's a secondary... Like, when my, when my Dwarf Lord dies, I'm okay, because my BSB is still there. And my BSB can still take most other people's lords. And I'm okay with that at the end of the day. Because um, my BSB, I have him right now with a 1-up armor save and a 4-up ward save. He's strength 6 because he has a great weapon, and mo- he can stand up to most people. Actually, that uh, that Thane, Dave's Thane, took out, uh, held up a uh, Frostheart Phoenix for a couple turns, and eventually broke it and killed it. 
dice. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, the, I have a lot of respect for these. These are tough See, guys. Now I don't mind the thing though. If I'm if I'm gonna give him a banner, it's gonna be the the ward the four up ward with the five up bubble. My only problem with it, see, it, it defeats the purpose because the really great runes get awesome at the third rune. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. the rune of slowness gets amazing at the third rune. So it, le- it doesn't let you take the rune of Grungni and three runes of slowness. And that's what I find inter- like eternally frustrating about that. True. But if you just want him not as a killer, but as a guy to give that bubble so you can protect those other things, your slayers and other things. Oh, Plus, yeah. you can. I mean, if you don't, if you if you want to take the risk, you could put him in the second rank, just like you did with your, you know, with your other with your other characters, with your dwarf lord with shield bearers in the front rank with the command unit. And you can Absolutely. move him back and have him be that, that uh, just that that bubble of protection. Nice yeah. Um. But what do you besides two runes besides the rune of Grungni, what else do you bring on him? Oh, I've actually just kind of been playing around with it, so I don't I mean I've got the the rune of Grungni and then uh sometimes I'll throw a slowness on it. Or uh I don't know. I don't even remember to be honest with you. I gave one I gave him with strollers when I put him in. I actually stuck him in with twenty five uh iron drakes. Nice. So he had his four up ward because he had to be in the front because he was the only character. Mm-hmm. And I had him like 12 wide or 13 wide. And uh, I had him up there with that rune and then the stroller's rune. And then I gave the uh, – I only took the two runes of slowness. I never took the uh, the third one. I think the really cool one that you can do with the Iron Drakes is when you give um, the Iron Drakes two runes of slowness. Yep. Okay, because that is an awesome build on that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm bringing 20 of these guys, their points cost is at least 300 and oh, yeah. they're, they're expensive at that point, right? It's a small so fortune. I like to give him then the um, – if I'm going to give him the rune of Grungi, that's fine. But the rune of Stoicism, because people won't see that unit being stubborn, and they'll charge it with really big stuff. And then they'll have to die to the last war for until your BSB dies. Yep. And so if you do the vanguarding up – so you take the Vanguard banner on him, say Grungni, and then you take the Stoicism banner. Uh, you'll be stubborn with that entire unit until they kill him. On a rerollable 10. Yep. And mm-hmm. and it's the, 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 the double rune of slowness means they're not going to get to you right away. So you're just going to be flaming and burning and burning them out. It's, that, that's the combo that I really liked, although you're, you're looking at now a 400-point unit with, with a 200-point yeah, DSB in there. Yeah, so... Just that's the reason why against I stubborn. If I if I'm going to bring that unit and put that many points into it, it's got to be stubborn for me. Uh, I tell just, you what, it's worked for me though. It's really worked for me. I took down with uh, had a unit of twelve uh, cold the Saurus Cav, the Lizardmen, the Saurus on the cold ones, with about four characters, one Lord and the BS. Oh, you played the, against that build. I saw that build at Adepticon. Yeah, no, I actually I played it over here. Grant brought it. <laughs> nice. And uh, I jumped up forward, got the first turn, boom, flamed him, took out a few. He charged me, Runa Slonis failed, boom, stood and shoot, flamed him. My turn, boom, flamed him. I got four shots. By the time he got to me, he had just the four characters. Because no matter what you do, you can't. They just, ugh, those stupid, <laughs> stupid old bloods. Uh, that's where your Dwarf Lord with the strength 10 
D6 wounds comes in pretty handy, man. Right, but it was just nice because I put this up there, and he's like, okay, I'll take a nice chunk out of this big, expensive unit, and I just burned it all out so there was nothing left so that I was able to get my hammers up to it. It's nice. That's pretty awesome. But I think we're done with characters. What do you think? Um, yep. Anything I missed? Oh, I was going to say one last thing about runesmith. Uh, sorry, engineers. Uh, make sure you build a marker for your um, entrenchment because you have no idea how many times you forget that. And it's actually really, really valuable to put that on something. Ah. Uh, and so put that with your stuff when you're deploying so you remember. I actually brought a little six, like little toy six-pack when I went to oh. uh, Adeptcon that I put next to it for an entrenchment marker. I was like, yeah, these are the guys cut breaking over a cold one because <laughs> they're entrenched. Just as a little fun flavor thing. So I remembered it, and so it showed my opponent I had it. Okay. Uh, because they got a long saber tusk charge on me or whatever, and the saber tusk goes from hitting me on fours to hitting me on fives. War uh, difference. Plus combat, which yeah. is completely different. Yeah. Or you could actually model, if you wanted to, an actual entrenchment. I suppose you could do that. I don't do know. Do that. Um, the dwarven war machines come with a shovel mm. um, on the sprue, which, you know, put that on a little circular base. You know, have it like half dug into the ground. Looks looks great. Takes two seconds. Okay. Very nice. All right, we'll be back with core units. Both dwarfs and elves still preserve tales of their heroes that arose during the War of Vengeance, or the War of the Beard, as the elves call it. Most on each side fought with honor, yet during this long and brutal era, merciless deeds were also committed by both forces, although neither maintains any record that mentions any of their own acts of unflinching savagery. Nor will either race ever admit that their side had anything to do with any such wrongdoings. In their outrage, the dwarfs chopped down entire virgin forests simply to spite the elves. It was not enough for them to breach elven fortresses and topple their elegant towers as on more than one occasion the dwarfs did not stop their war machine barrages until no two stones stood atop each other. For their part, the elves poisoned tarns and made pacts with unholy tree spirits in order to gain any battlefield advantage they could. When beset by entire armies of dwarfs harnessed in mail impenetrable to the arrows, the elves resorted to all manner of black-hearted trickery, feigned surrender, and magical deception. And we're back talking hardcore Dwarfcore. Yeah. Uh, so what do we like? I think a lot of it would depend on what sort of army you're playing and what you're trying to accomplish. And then you pick the appropriate core that fit the bill. I was, okay, I gotta say, I was a little disappointed with the core. Um, basically, Dwarf Warriors just come across as so meh. But, I mean, uh, I thought they were kind of meh in the last book. Like, honestly, I only took one or two units of Dwarf Warriors. I took one or two units of ten, and I just put them in front of my War Machines as defense. And then I used that as my ability. That was like the tax the, to the, the ability to take long beards. Gotcha. So I brought a Dwarf Lord, so I didn't have to pay that tax. Well, yeah, but still, that's one unit with a Dwarf Lord. So then you take one unit of Warriors, ten of them, mm-hmm. and then and then but you used to, used to have to have three core minimum. So yeah, you could take the Dwarf Warriors and then two Longbeards mm-hmm. if you took the one Warrior unit. 
but overall, I th- I still like Warriors. I know that they're they're overcosted. Um, eight ten points is what you pay for a great weapon character uh, troop, and they're they're not bad to be honest. At ten points, mm-hmm. um, I think the if you could figure out how to use the hand weapon shield troops effectively, they're they're actually pretty good. Um, it's just that strength three. It just it's it, it's strength it, four on the charge though, and if you have them out in horde formation, they can cause some serious damage. Um, I had a horde of I I was laughing at it when it happened. I was like, oh look, there's a horde of hand weapon shield dwarf warriors charging at my unit of iron guts with my general, and um, they did a lot of damage, uh, hmm. hit me on threes, wounding me on fours because they're strength four on the charge. So, I mean, there's there's value there. If you can figure out how to use it really well, then all the power to you. Um, if I, you can make a cheap unit, like a unit of 30, 35 of them, work really well for you, and that's great. I, I Right now, I'm, I'm sticking with Longbeards, because I can make Longbeards stubborn with a Magic Standard. Um, and I like having the, the idea of a dwarf dying to the last man. Yeah, that's the other thing. The warriors can't take a standard, so they're just what they are. They're not bad. It's just out of these four choices, they're like the least impressive. Mm-hmm. And but you can make them better. The unit, the rune of Groth one eye on your on your dwarf hammers will make them stubborn as well if you keep them within twelve inches. Um, so then you have cheap stubborn troops, which is pretty huge. Um, you know, you have the Rune of Grungni, which can give them a five ward save, which can make them more survivable. But really, in the end of the day, they're just there to help defend your war machines and support whatever other close combat units you have. Um, and that's what they're there for. So, okay, so we all know Longbeards are good. So why don't we come to them in just a bit? Why don't we talk Quarrelers and Thunderers? The prices have totally shifted. They're now both 12 points apiece. What were they before? Um, hold on. Thunders were 14, crossbows were 11. Yeah. Did their stats change at all? Well, the, the, the handguns used to add plus one to shoot. Okay. So that was huge. But their range is the same. No, the crossbows are 30, dwarf handguns are 24. But, I mean, that hasn't changed since the last book. Ah, okay. It was just plus one to hit. So at long right. range, dwarf handgun, you're hitting on fours, which was pretty epic. Um, current book, they got rid of that, but they added in the plus... The no no modifier for stand and shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, yeah, the quarrelers, everything's exactly the same with the exception. Uh, I mean, obviously now a full command is 30 instead of 25. They had that weird 5, 10, 10, or the musician used to be cheaper. So mm-hmm. that's gone up a little bit. And then it's that, uh, I mean, you're, that extra point you're paying is for that uh, that shield wall rule. And they, now they oh they also have heavy armor. They used to have light armor. Yeah, so they are a little more defensible. I would totally if I'm bringing one of these units now, I'm still giving I'm giving them shields. So a four up armor save, six up ward or five up ward on the charge, which is can help keep you alive. Um, if you're bringing these kind of units, I recommend keeping them in units of either uh, ten or twenty. Go as long as you can. So ten. So. Uh, if you're going 10, say two ranks of five. If you're going 20, two ranks of 10. Um, Basically keep it to two ranks. So if you're paying for these, everybody needs to be shooting. Exactly. Uh, everyone needs to be contributing when you're paying as many points for these guys as you are. Um, the crossbows are great. I mean, you can seriously cause a great amount of damage, especially on elves. I mean, if you're showering tough three troops with a strength four hit, 
you're going to be pulling some models. Um, and that's that's pretty awesome, especially if, if I mean, if you are going to a, 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 an event with special characters, that one new uh, engineer special character can double the effectiveness of your crossbows. Yep. Basically, there's only two major differences between these units. Corlers, 30-inch range. Thunderers are only 24, but they have armor piercing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, which, oh, is, which is better? And the quarrelers can take great weapons. So, if you're it's, worried it's about an eternal, a fight. it's an eternal question. Mm-hmm. Who's better? Um, right now, I'm probably still going with uh, thunders because I'm stubborn like that. Mm-hmm. I've always liked my thunders. I've always brought two blocks of thunders, um, and I still think they have their value. It's black uh, powder, keep, baby. Nobody else got it. It's exactly. just... Keep them on the edges of your army and have them angled slightly in so if somebody charges them when they since they're probably going to break if they're getting charged they're breaking out rather than they're breaking in towards mm-hmm. your army um, and if they're going after the thunders then they're not going after something else um, and those thunders if they don't go after them are dealing significant damage um, so I mean do I you, still uh, do you upgrade your thunderers then with the full command or um, at least a standard bearer I'll occasionally put a standard on them yeah. Uh, most of the time, my main motto is keep them cheap. Well, you're going to take that vet because, like you said yourself, do you, want, do you switch in for the dwarf pistols for free? Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't do it with Thunders now. You uh, don't? No, because if they're being charged, they're going to die. Um, unlike the the Iron Drakes, which can be – there are kind of a pseudo-close combat unit. They're one of those strange – Ancillary units that are both close combat and and um, uh, shooting, yep. you know, um, like little thin sea guard only good. Yeah, I won't argue that. I'm not saying it's one of the few <laughs> right. times we'll agree. <laughs> I, I I just like to keep my thunders really cheap. Uh, same thing with my crossbows. If I have them, I will probably pay the extra point for a shield, but that's only that's. That's the last thing like I would give up on points wise. Like if I needed to cut ten points out of my army to make make it a you know bring it under cost, I would drop shields on them if need be. Um, but ten or twenty strength four shots into juggernauts into Bretonian knights, uh, you're going to cause some damage. And a lot of times people kind of ignore them because a lot of people think that they're not as good as they used to be, and they'll go after your war machines. So, eh. They still definitely have value, in my opinion. Yep. And then we get to the Longbeards. Now, these guys are sort of the weird poor man's hammerers because they don't have the stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have that old grumblers. Now, here's my question. Old grumblers. Now, that's, you know, because the Longbeards have seen and done everything. Correct. And uh, so they they actually help out. Uh, what's the exact rule? Provided units with this special rule are not fleeing, any friendly dwarf units within six inches of a unit of Longbeards can re-roll failed panic tests. Correct. Did the Longbeards get to re-roll their failed panic tests? Uh, longbeards mean psych. Oh, that's right. So then they... They can't panic. Oh, that's right. Okay. Duh. Well, I just love the idea of the old grumblers rule is there's just this giant group of grumpy old men <laughs> who are just sitting there being like, you know, back in our day, goblins were three times the size. Yep. You know, you're running from them. What are you doing? It's just that's all they're doing. They're just sitting back there, like complaining and moaning. 
And all the other guys are just like, I don't want to look bad in front of Grandpa. They're like the Robert De Niro's of the of the of the dwarves. Like, hey, hey, don't you do it? Don't, <laughs> don't you run? Don't, hey, exactly. Hey, exactly. you stay. Back <laughs> in my day, that wouldn't even be considered a troll. We'd throw that one back. <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, they've got the rest of the the basic rules. But they're they're really great. I mean, if you can give them stubborn, that's that's helpful because they cost the same as as hammerers of course if you give them shield if you give them great weapons then they're more expensive 14 points and they've got that great weapon same stats but a weapon skill five core troop that's pretty decent it's kind of awesome actually that's why that's why the dwarf warriors get left in the dust it's weapon skill five and strength four so even if you get charged or god forbid even with shields you charge someone else so you're strength five on the charge Mm -hmm. which means you're at the same strength as a man eater Yep. So I mean that's pretty good. Pictures uh, with shields. Um, I keep going back and forth. Um, to be honest, right now I'm not. Um, but it's kind of an experiment. I'm playing around with it both ways. Uh, because I find that right now a lot of people are going at the heart of the army, which is the hammers, and my longbeards are actually getting more charges than they used to. Yeah, because yeah, nobody wants to go after the hammers because they're just kind of brutal. Exactly. But so. these guys are pretty similar. Now, here's the thing. I keep taking them with great weapons because I want that strength six. Okay? Mm-hmm. I got a unit of hammers, and then I got these guys flanking on either side. So it's like pick your poison. Someone's going to hit you real hard in the face. And I know this sounds stupid. Here's my biggest beef. I want hand weapon shields to be good because those damn long beard models, the new models that I bought. They look awesome. They look with that giant shield with their arm just resting on it in front of them. That yep. model looks so good, and I haven't built one like that yet. And it makes you almost want to cry because I've got them holding the, the giant great axe because they have great weapons. But they look so much cooler with those shields. They do, and they look really dwarfy with shield. Yeah. Just remember, I mean, you can – even if they if you put a coat close combat character in your longbeards, who I would probably, if I'm bringing this unit, put my BSB in there, and my BSB is a close combat character. Right. If you're bringing shields on them – that's actually really good because they can still do damage at strength four because they might be strength five, right? Right. They'll be more defensive, but you get that close combat character in the front rank who's dealing damage. Um, my character has three strength six attacks. He's killing something, you know? Okay, true. And if you put a runesmith in the unit, then you're all armor piercing as well. And so for a cheap character, it's not a bad throwaway to put in that unit of longbeards. Uh, and considering the point investment of that unit, a horde of longbeards is going to run you about 600 points right now, Oof. which is great because that's your entire core investment. Yeah, I've been running two units, and they with the, with the command, they wind up being about 620 for two big units mm-hmm. with the great weapon. That's 40-man units. I'm running them. Depending on the opponent, I might be running them in horde. Um, shields, they look amazing with shields 40 wide. And <laughs> when they charge you at strength 5, with armor piercing, they're going to kill something. The stuff's going to die, yeah. Exactly. And nice. I, I, they will die to the last man because I don't put champions in them. So hmm. you have to kill that standard to break that, to break that unit. So nice. So tasty. And it's very dwarven. I'm just saying. It's very dwarven. Um, yeah. So I, I right now I've got a, un- a block of longbeards, a block of warriors. Um but my characters are going in the long beards because that's what I'm investing it on. Mm-hmm. The warriors are more there to. I've got a lot of ranks on the warriors, and they're there to help break other troops steadfast. Makes okay. sense. 
This is one of those armies I just want to play like a 5,000-point game, so you just throw it all on the table. Your opponent gets 2,400. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. Or you want to keep it fair, huh? Yeah. No we'll keep it fair. You know what? Let's just jump right into special because we... So, now, hammers... Hammers are the new hotness. They're, yeah, they're right? money. You know, hammers have always been the hotness. I have 56 painted hammers. I've always brought two blocks of hammers. That's always... That was actually my thing in last edition was two blocks of hammers and a big block of warriors and then thunders to fill out my core. That's one of the things Gary taught me was the why why aren't you why don't you have more hammers? What's with the iron breakers being there? That's Oh, what? you had your iron breakers I was like charge me. Let's see let's see who comes out on top. Yep. That's right cuz we were that that dwarf on dwarf game and he had the hammers I had the iron breakers. He's like yeah, I'm sorry. You lost this. <laughs> well, one, one's an offensive specialist. The other one's a defensive. So it depends on what you your list is trying to accomplish, I True. suppose. Well, yeah. It comes down to, though, at the end of the day, it's kind of like uh, when you're playing undead. Okay? That army is, I don't, I don't care what you say, it, it's very defensive. Mm-hmm. Look at all the spells really in that lore. They're very defensive. So when you have a chance of doing damage, you take the damage. Right? Because yeah. right. undead have a hard time pulling models off their opponent's army. You don't win the game by grinding, you know. Right. Dwarf hammers pull the models off the opponent's army, and that's valuable. Iron breakers, I like them a lot, but they don't necessarily pull as many models off the opponent's army. And you're just hoping that your opponent doesn't have something that pulls more of them off. <laughs> and the biggest problem is iron breakers are still only uh, a three-up armor safe, which I know people look and say only. This army doesn't have a two-up or a one-up armor save. Well, you could go with general. around the anvil and improve their armor save by one, theoretically. I guess you could do that, and maybe that's why they only did it. This is okay. This was my beef. If I could have done a change with this army, their five-up uh, parry save at all time that they get, which mm-hmm. is their super bonus. Nah, nah. What I wanted to see was Iron Breakers get a. You know, remember the old hand weapon shield? You had a plus two to your yep. shield bonus. Yep. That should have been their rule. So they had a two-up armor save like they used to? Yeah, six. keep the six-up parry, give them the two-up armor save, because then it just takes so much to crack them. I would have taken that. I would have taken, hey, make the parry save a ward save. Because like, if you make that five-up parry save a true ward save, they become way better. Mm-hmm. But against ogres, where my impact hits don't give you a parry save, my stomp attacks don't give you a parry save, that's half of my attacks that you're not getting ward saves against. So you're paying 14 points for a bonus you're not getting. See, that's and that's where it's brutal. That's why I was like, I wanted to see that this army suffers from where so many other armies can get that one-up armor save or that two-up armor save. And you figure the guys who walk around in, in inside of a can <laughs> can't seem to get it. But uh, that's, that's Aaron Briggs. Let's finish up here with the hammers. Um I like the I like their Kingsguard unit. If the dwarf general's in a unit of hammerers, any member of that unit can accept a challenge. Correct. So if the key you, word on that is accept. True, but my point is when you come in with your ridiculous, unkillable, stupid, ridiculous thing that I don't want him tying up my lord. I want my lord chopping up the unit behind him. Mm-hmm. I could throw my my champion hammerer. Okay, he'll take it. He's like, okay, now I killed the champion hammer. Now I got your lord. No. Now this now Joe if the, if their lord issues a challenge if they don't right you can't do anything but my whole point is 
if I want to issue a challenge, then I'm going to issue a challenge. If I don't want my guy to get, every once in a while, you're praying to God the guy against you is not going to challenge you. The guy with heroic killing blow that I never <laughs> want to face, who he's constantly challenging because he wants to face off against that guy. I can feed him characters. Now, eventually he'll stop because he'll realize it, but it's always good for that one extra turn when they don't realize it. he can't attack the Dwarf Lord because he's not truly in base-to-base with the Dwarf Lord. Right. That's why he's declaring the challenges. So, like, say he's on the right side of the unit, but your Dwarf Lord's all the way on the left. He can't put the heroic killing blow Ah, on the I see. So he's trying to challenge him to make the Dwarf Lord come over and put those attacks on him. Um, And in that situation, this Kingsguard rule's huge. I see. Okay. Makes sense. Um... Overall, with hammers, their biggest bonus is taking a 75-point standard. Yep. Um, plus one attack is great. What the problem is, is to keep the unit alive, you're usually bringing your ranks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to ranks of five, at which point it's not you're not getting the most of that bonus. Mm-hmm. The, the times you get the most of that bonus is when you go horde formation, because now your three ranks have 40 attacks. Oof. Yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. So if you can ever make that happen, then just 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 let it happen. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like no opponent worth their salt is going to engage that unit at full strength. And yeah, full if, you really want, like, if you've got a unit of ogres who are about to charge you with great weapons, reform to forty wide. If you ha- if you have thirty man unit, reform that long wide unit mm-hmm. and see if the ogres still charge you. <laughs> just saying, no. because at the end of the day, you will deal almost as many. You'll deal more attacks than he will. Oh yeah. No, they, and simultaneously, you will both, you know, blow up. But it'll be awesome. <laughs> it'll be epic. Now, here's the beauty of this unit. Also, now, first of all, like you said, Chris, my biggest problem is you take this big unit, you throw a lord in it, and all they do is not fight it. They keep running around, fight me, damn you, fight me, and everybody just runs in every other direction. Which is like Gary was saying, you've got to funnel them into this, sort of force them into this unit. The great trick, and this is what everyone's talking about, is that the the keeper of the gate, which is the hammer or champion can take a runic weapon. Mm-hmm. Now, the runic weapon means it's not on his great weapon, so he's not using great weapon, so he's swinging it initially, so he's swinging before the rest of the unit. Mm-hmm. So you give him a flaming rune and maybe something else, and he's the guy who hits the unit with his three attacks, gets in his one hit, takes away your regen, and then the rest of the hammers are coming in at strength seven, not allowing... So against trolls, against, uh, you know... Hydras against, yeah, anything that's got that uh, regen. I actually, I've been doing that with everyone. I with every with the last with when I take it is giving him and I'm you know giving him that that other weapon so that he's going to hit first. He's going to have that opportunity if there's a unit I want to go against to uh, to take away any possible uh, regen save. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, what I would also think about it is, though, it, like you can also trick people and put a rune of might on them. That rune of might will strike an initiative order. Hmm. So a single rune of might will strike an initiative order doing strength eight hits. There you go. So if you get charged by a steam tank. Okay, well, that's three additional attacks going into your steam tank. That's going to kill your steam tank. Um, if you get charged by a terror geist. Sorry, terror geist. You're having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, and that's that's kind of the bonus of him because a lot of times people don't put any attacks on your champion when they charge the unit. Why? I don't know why. They always should be putting it. If they're attacking first, they should put at least two attacks on your champion. Um, but if he survives, he can seriously do a significant amount of damage. 
um, with either one of those. The Rune of Might, the Rune of um, Fire is fantastic on him to take out regen. Um, and he's just a very nice surprise, and he saves your characters from having to bring the Rune of Burning. So you don't have to worry about those characters with the two-up ward saves against your actual characters. Yep. Because, you know, people just have the, the Dragon dragon Bane gem for a five-point throwaway web, mm-hmm. uh, magic item. Your Dwarf Lord doesn't have to bring the flaming to get rid of regen right, or whatever. Right. Okay, here's my question. They have Shield Wall, the Hammerers. Mm-hmm. Why? To make you read that and question it. Shield Wall gets you the plus one parry when they're charged if you get a parry save. Well, they said they invented this book to go along with next edition. So maybe they go back to being able to use their hand weapon shield as a choice again. Here's oh. hoping, man. Yeah, because, I mean... Think you're... about how much balance that would bring back to the dwarf book. Being able to take shields and great weapons on your longbeards or your hammers. Um, I hope that day comes. Well, you can I... take shields on them now, but it's just... They're only... In the old days, though, like you, I could bring shields on my hammers... And I could choose to go hand weapon shield. So against the toughness three. Exactly. I don't. I'm just trying to save my hammers from taking significant amount of damage. So and I'm charging at strength five because I'm plus one strength on the charge. Okay. okay. And I'll have now I'll have a four up armor save with a six up parry. So I'll seriously still put on damage, but I'll also take a lot less coming in. Um, and that's kind of how I used to it. Or when you know you're about to be charged by a big unit of ogres, you'll take that you know, shield wall formation and save more guys. So hopefully next edition they bring that choice of weapons back. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because right, right, right now you look at it, it's like a, it's like a joke. It's like, it's like they're teasing me. Because you know? mm-hmm. even if you take shields, you get into combat, you never get that parry save. So, And we did discuss the Iron Breakers a little bit. They're the exact same points they're the exact same stats actually their their leadership is one higher and they lost an attack oh that's right they only have the regular one attack so i'm sorry they don't have the exact same oh they used to be two attacks no i just they they've lost one compared to i said they were the exact same stats as the hammers it was a completely false statement yeah (laughs) i keep forgetting that the hammers get two attacks i don't forget it when i'm actually forget that i don't forget you play me they only have one attack no i don't i'm not i haven't forgotten when i'm playing but as we're just talking about it here because they're so similar um, now they can take the brace of Drake fire pistols, the iron breakers and the Drake fire pistols. Um, they're strength five, 12 inches armor, strength five armor, piercing flaming attacks, multiple shots too quick, quick to fire. They're pretty cool. I mean, that's a great, great way to peel, um, regen off a unit before you can get in combat with it. And they're free, but they did. He loses his shield for it. He'll also gain an extra attack because he's bringing a brace of pistols. Yep. So if you're willing yeah. to just go four-up uh, armor instead of three-up armor, mm-hmm. it's not bad. That strength five armor piercing is not... Well, it's a good trade-off for that exact regen uh, reason. Right. If you're able to peel off the regen, then it's... Yeah, I think it's worth it. And, that's the one. Um, and then the cinder blast bombs. I keep taking them because I want them to work. You know, I was reading this, and it just seems like uh, if you got a hit, it'd be extremely lucky. So I don't know if... It's worth those point investments. I actually, found it. I act well on the one game I played against the lizard men when they charged and my rune of slowness slowed them down enough that they didn't reach yeah. here. I just, you know, took that eight inch range through it and kind of hoped that it scattered enough to get them. Mm-hmm. It hit, but it was you know it was it's strength, strength three. three. I didn't get anybody under the circle, 
but for 15 points just to get another another ranged attack, something you could toss and throw and do something, it just doesn't seem to do enough. Maybe. I don't know. For, I, I would, not being a dwarf player, put those 50 points to your, you know, another hammer or another iron breaker. Like I said, it's one of those pretty runic things that makes you want to spend points on it, but I think you just got to go back and spend points on the stuff that works every game. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing against Toughness 3 for 15 points, it's not bad. But once again, the only problem is I can throw it 8 inches and it can scatter 10. It could literally scatter... But it's the Tough 3 stuff you're not worried about. The Tough 3 stuff my 2 or 3 gyrocopters can deal with. You know what? Yeah. So, well... And yeah, those, don't, those don't ever scatter back and hit me. But they, <laughs> they look so cool, though. I like the idea. I guess I like the concept. So, yeah, iron breakers and hammers, they're like they're your money. They're yin-yang, but if you're bringing iron breakers, again, make them stubborn. Uh, put a close combat character in that unit. So if you're planning on bringing iron breakers, bring a character with more attacks, higher strength, defensive, whatever you want to do, but just make sure he can deal the damage. So if you get charged by a unit of of one-up armor save troops, they need to be able to have something that in that unit that can kill him. So whether it's a strength... Other than just praying he rolls a lot of ones for his armor save. Yeah. So having um, having a runesmith in that unit might not be a bad idea to give them all armor piercing. Um, uh, so then true. those one-up armor saves go to a three-up armor save. Uh, a four-up armor save when you charge them. Cool. Just that little stuff, man. Um, a combat character in that unit, though, you can have a combat character at under 100 points, though, that will be pretty effective at killing one-up armor save stuff. Yeah. All right, let's talk, let's talk miners and slayers, and then we'll take a break. And then we'll come back and finish off the special units with all the war machines and stuff. Uh, miners, 10 points a pop. Um, they're basic warrior stats, so they're the strength three, tough four guys. Uh, you can still take the steam drill for twenty five points. Now the entire unit can take blasting charge. The blasting charges have changed, haven't they? I think so. Because now it's two points per model. Before you could just take it and use it once, and it worked like this. Now it's two points a model, uh, one use only. They're missile weapons with the following profile: range four, strength four, armor piercing, flaming attack, quick to fire. The entire unit has to throw them at the same time. So you basically, for two points a model, they get this real, I mean, it's such a short range. It's basically, um, you know, if someone attacks, you can stand and shoot with it, I guess. Um, I uh, I would never bring it. I can't, yeah, I can't see the point bringing it. It sounded so cool when I read it, and I'm like, wait, four-inch range. And you know my beef with this is that all thrown weapons. If that's what that's the other thing I want to see. I want to see it go back to throwing weapons, not go, not having a long range, just having one range. Yeah, because you're throwing them. Because once they once they took away that rule when they went into eighth edition, all thrown weapons became crap. Pretty much. Um, but the 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 upside of what you got to look at it with the miners is the fact that they are the same exact point cost as a unit of warriors with great weapons, and they have great weapons. Right? Right. So for the exact same point cost as a unit of warriors, you're pretty much getting a unit that can redeploy itself. So if you're having issues with your left flank because you lost a unit or whatever, you can re- you can bring them in on your own side. Um, if the person has a bunch of war machines, you can pop them up on their side. Um, so if I was to bring warrior, uh, miners, I would bring a big unit of miners um, and just count on them as kind of an extra unit of warriors that I can redeploy however I want. Um 
well, and, and that's kind of how I look at them. Now when they show up, they got a bonus. It used to be they would just show up. Now they show up as the ambushers, special rule, so they can just basically show up what, on turn two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also count as being in soft cover mm-hmm. because they're digging their way up from the ground, so they got some of this dirt. That's well, a handy little bonus. Yeah. I like that. So now when they come up, you don't just turn around and blow them off the board. They've, it's a little harder to hit them. They get a little chance to come in off the board and... There is the, the high elf magic item that allows a, a unit of up to 30 core troops to uh, to ambush. And I have liked that item a lot because it really it, it gives a new spin to your core and gives them some a little bit more potential. And people just don't see it coming, mm. to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those nice things that, I mean, to be honest, you should always tell your opponent if you have ambushers in your list. But uh, even if in, in a closed list environment. Um, but it's something just nice have you Even know if you tell them then it sort of puts them on the, the defensive right away right exactly. it, like i have a, you can say i have a, I, like in a closed list environment you can say i have a unit of ambushing warriors mm-hmm. or whatever don't have to give them any more details they know now right you know? yeah yeah something's gonna something potentially that, ambush so that means they're gonna be thinking about that the entire time and maybe you throw them off maybe you don't your no. ambushers drove me nuts it was like as soon as I tried to move the whole unit forward, I'm like, they're just going to come up behind me and yeah, just exactly. chop me it, up. It's, it's a whole new dimension in terms of the movement game, which I think opens up a lot of possibilities, especially for dwarves. Um, I like miners. I just, I, I just have so many. I have a very hard time committing the points right now because mm. everything is just so expensive with the list. Um, but they are, they can be a very effective unit. You can also field them in very small units and try and get them to um, go after war machines, that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. they can kill one war, one unit, but they probably won't be able to kill three when you pop three right next to your, their war machine. Um, True. So, And that's that's really great against those, like, nine war machine orc and goblin lists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might know something about that, yeah. You know, I, you're seeing those more and more now. Yep. Um, you're seeing more and more of the Skaven, where they put their stupid uh, cannons in the far corners. Mm. And... Five five man unit can take out that cannon real quick. Do you ever take a steam drill? I would if I was bringing a big unit, I'd take it every time. Small if I was bringing the small five or ten man units, because I'm sorry, if I can bring, in the small ten man units, they're minimum ten. Uh, yeah. I would probably not because it just it, it that's two miners right there right. for the cost. Right. Because yeah, re, yeah, yeah. With the, with the huge unit rerolling that failed ambushers roll is is a big deal. And it's three plus, and it never improves. So the reroll is pretty huge, but with a big unit, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It also it doesn't add the steam drills plus three strength rather than plus two. Because mm-hmm. it's not just a great weapon; it's a steam powered great weapon. <laughs> exactly. So that means it's that steam drill strength seven on the charge, which is pretty cool. Nice strength six when you get when it, when you are charged. All right, let's quick talk slayers a little bit, and then take a break. Slayers got awesome. I, lo- I mean, I always, awesome. dude. I always liked Slayers, even though they died, and now they they basically. And it was so funny. Cranky called it. You got to give credit to the cranky lawyer. He was talking before the book came out, and he was the. He kept calling it the "I'm taking you with me" rule or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they got death blow. So basically, when one of these guys dies, uh, by anything except impact hits in close combat. They immediately get one attack back out, out of sequence, whatever. So you, you rolled, you did this many wounds, I get no save because they're slayers. All right, you killed five, I get five attacks back. Whatever their bonuses are, whatever anything is, they get this it, it one applies. attack back. So 
if you are running them, because the Slayers can go either with two-hand weapons or great weapons, even if you do run great weapons, they're going to get at least one attack apiece. They're never going to just get wiped out and not get a chance to attack. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of important because because they run up there naked. I mean, literally, some of the models are naked. You could see their junk and stuff. It's <laughs> terrible. Sure. Or you can see their butts. I mean, come on. <laughs> let's, let's give them some credit. But uh, dang whatnots on the field. Is that what takes them to awesome? That uh, that death blow rule. Well, the other rules are pretty much the same. They always. Uh, they're not quite exactly the same, but they always wound on a four plus. Now they used to only wound on a four plus up to strength six. So right. tough eight, they not wounding on a four. Yeah, they, but now you can go up to cat strength. You know those tomb king cats. Mm-hmm. You can wound those on fours. Now it used hmm. to be that your strength adjusted. Mm-hmm. to match their toughness up to toughness six. So that's how you wounded on fours. You basically got up. You, if, right. if they were toughness six, you were strength six. If they were toughness five, you were strength five. Now you're strength four. Because the strength doesn't adjust, just like we were saying with the with those Dwarf Lord runes, the strength doesn't adjust, so it's still a strength three or strength four hit, you know. Or strength five with a great weapon. Strength five with a great weapon. Um, I just, I really, I just, I've always liked Slayers, and now that I know I'm going to get at least one attack in, it makes it a little more, it makes them, a, uh, it makes it easier to take them. You know they're not just going to get wiped out and not even get any attacks in, because that would happen, you know? So like, would both you guys actually take a unit of these? I haven't seen a unit of these in years, I think. I don't know, I'm bringing a huge horde of them at F2, uh, Screw City GC. Now, nice. And here's the other thing. The Giant Slayer, the, like, champion... You could take as many of those as you want. So if you want to be if you want to be that guy, you could take five giant slayers, and that's an extra twelve points. So it's uh, twenty four times five, hundred twenty points. Five giant slayers. They're considered like champions. So I run them. I run them in a conga line. They're unbreakable. You can only attack the front guy. So you kill him. He gets his one attack back. Okay, I lost that combat. We'll wait till next turn. I'm holding you there for two and a half turns. Yeah, that's not a glorious death. I, I that's a that's a that's a that's, that's a, a rule slayer mo- dart is what it is, and uh, I mean it's totally legitimate. I used to run a slayer dart or two, but um, I used to run running the slayers like two wide by minimum of five man, so two by two by one. They're mm-hmm. great for they used to be great for holding up stuff. Um, but it's totally I, cheesy, and if you do it, your opponent's going to give you the stink eye. But you can do it. <laughs> oh, you can. You totally can. It's totally legitimate. Uh, but for me, the Slayers, like, right at, at this iteration, um, you're still minimum size is 5 plus, so you can run Slayer darts if you want to. Um, they will probably hold up units for a while. You can hold up an entire zombie horde forever with five <laughs> Slayers. It's just silly. So well, the thing is, be- honestly, a zombie horde with five Slayers, you may not win combat, but the fact is... They're going to get six attacks with their crappy zombies hitting on fives. They'll get one hit, maybe strength three, toughness four, maybe a wound, and they'll take that one guy out, whereas you're going to get your, if they're giant slayers, you're going to get your two attacks back. You're probably going to kill two of them. Well, and even if they're not zombie, even if they're not giant slayers, they still are going to have a very hard time killing five guys. Yep. Um, so I I. I like the little five man units just for versatility. Uh, they they hold stuff up really well, um, but 
I think the strength of Slayers right now is I can bring a unit of 30 of them, and that 30-man unit doesn't have to be inside my bubble. Like, And what I mean by that is my Dwarf Lord, my BSB, they have the uh, area of control of 12 inches, right? Which is, when you think about it, it's really like two feet. And in that two feet, that's kind of how I was talking about those three units have to support each other really, really well and stay alive. And one takes the charge, the other one gets the counter charge and all that stuff. The Slayers can activate outside of that because they're never going to run away. Uh, they're never going to fail a panic test. And if I give them a job, they can probably go do it. Um, and if you can now give them Vanguard, so if you are going up against a shooty high elf list, you can run the Slayers right at it. Mm-hmm. And what's great is if you put Slayer characters in them, those Slayer characters become darts charging out of that unit, <laughs> that Vanguarded. And so now you have crazy-ass Slayer characters running around their backfield trying to chop up War Machines or anything else that survived. So, And that's just a distraction. All that is is a distraction for the opponent because your War Machines and all your other stuff are acting independently. You have your army, and then you have the Slayers separately. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, and, they're uh, out there. They're not out there for your battle. They're not out there for your war. They're out there to to die a glorious death in battle. Yeah, it's kind of like how I consider like uh, people who scout their man eaters. Those man eaters aren't really a part of the battle at that point. What they're trying to do is trying to draw my resources to deal with them, so I'm not dealing it with the giant horde of f- fat angry ogres that are running at. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so that's kind of how I think of the slayers at that point. A thirty man block or. A, 28-man block with a Dragon Slayer or two isn't a terrible amount of points. You're looking at about a 400-point investment, but that 400-point investment can really mess with people's battle plans. Um, <laughs> and with the Vanguard, I mean, I don't have to Vanguard them up 12 inches, but I can. Mm-hmm. Or you could um, Vanguard them actually left or right as well, too, so you could redeploy, almost sure. redeploy them. Exactly. Whatever's so working. You could deploy them early in your in your deployment, on the far flank just to throw your opponent off. And they'll think that you're planning your battle line on, you know, left or left of center, or right of center, and then move when you're actually deploying, deploy to the left. Because you'll set your down your three other big core units and your war machines on the other side, and then you can move your slayers over sideways. Hmm. So they add some versatility and they add some tricks to the list. And you were talking earlier about the guy who can throw his hammer. Yep just kind of a fun thing to have a slayer do i mean why not man um <laughs> i'm just saying like i was talking about the character with the rune of, of smiting a slayer with the rune of smiting is awesome um because he's striking at such a high a, a initiative five um and they do get all the full bonuses so on the charge they'll all be plus one strength so your slayers will be strength six on the charge now if you give them gray weapons and that'll mess some stuff up yeah that's good stuff all right um you know, quick break, and then we talk uh, the three big. Uh, we'll start getting into war machines and uh, war machines and copters. Cool, sounds good. Dwarfs are not magical creatures, and unlike other races of the world, they have not developed spellcasters or shamans. In fact, if anything, dwarfs have an innate resistance to magic, both its effects and the over-corruptions it is known to cause in weaker races. 
dwarf legends claim their sturdy origins from rock itself leaves the stuff of chaos little to find purchase while they have no truck with wizardry, dwarfs have no equal when it comes to foraging magic items. They alone have mastered the art of binding the winds of magic through runecraft. 